episode 339 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. With you as always, Josh Langford. He's kind of sick Hello. tonight, though. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. you don't, like, pass out at the desk. If, all of a sudden I'm going to hear your head hit the desk and that's it. Just this big Killing thump. me. <laughs> I can't do that. You have to be my tour guide for MYCC next week. Uh, can't believe it's next week already. Yeah. Odd. And Extra Life's only like a month away. Good night. <sighs> yeah, we're out. Uh, and I am Glenn Purcell, as always. Uh, we have a lot tonight. A lot. Uh, tons of new releases. Uh, the, the, I think the holiday season has officially began. Begun? Began? Whatever. Uh, I talked to Ben McGraw uh, about a new game called Sully, a very serious RPG. Uh, an indie JRPG-style game. And uh, we talked to PAX. Finally got around to actually editing that audio, because I actually had five free minutes. Tons of news items, what we're playing and watching, uh, some more Extra Life stuff, and then, yeah, folks, five freaking reviews, uh, which <laughs> this first one's going to be hilarious, because I don't think you played it more than an hour. Uh, review of Hot, Wheel, <laughs> Hot Wheels World's Best Driver, Skydiver. I played it for several hours, what? thank you. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. You hate yourself, don't you? There's more, there's more to it than you realize. <laughs> well, I know, but I just got tired of it. Uh, Skydive Proximity Flight, which... Uh, I actually have also, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, my review of Rain, a review of a new Blu-ray called Berlin Job, which has some really favorite people of mine in it, and a review of The Mama's Family, the complete series DVD. Emails, uh, I forgot to grab voicemail, so we'll just do emails because I think that's going to be enough anyway. Uh, but we're not skipping emails tonight, no matter what. Even if we're in four hours, we're not skipping them. We've skipped them too much lately. Whoa, okay. Yeah, that, I, 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 I've, I've put my foot down. I use my veto power. Veto power woman. I I oh I okay. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into these new releases. There are a ton of them coming out. Yeah, but they're all game of the year editions. Yeah. No, all right. Well, a couple of them. Yeah. All right. So, Dishonored game of the year edition is thirty nine ninety nine. Nice. Which would be the game and all the DLC. Indeed. So it pays to wait for a whole uh, year. Just Dance 2014, huzzah! Why haven't these gone the way of like the the rock band type games? Because they I mean, still make money for some stupid reason. I. It's just I. Okay. Yeah. All uh, it, and it's always like the same game, but new uh, new songs, and that's it. Well, that's what everybody complained about Rock Band, but Rock Band actually added all kinds of stuff. I know. Well, Guitar Hero was crap, but <sighs> Guitar Hero became Guitar Hero a lot of was crap. the Call of Duty of the rhythm game genre uh but of course it was activision so what do you expect yeah and ubisoft is doing their best to do that with uh <laughs> assassin's creed uh but people haven't quite fallen apart on that one yet well also black flag actually released- brings a lot of new things to the table no, but they've released like eight of them in well, the past five years well did you see that quote today from ubisoft that they said if they wanted to they could bring out, they could actually alternate year by year Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed if they wanted to. Oh, good. Yeah. Here's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least that would give you a break from Assassin's Creed. True, very true. I just wonder how, how Watch Dogs is actually going to go over when it comes out. I'm, I'm still really curious about that game. It's, yeah. It's very ambitious. All right, now this next one. This one's insane. Yeah. The Capcom Essentials for fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So, 
That's one big-ass game, and it includes five full games. Resident Evil 6, which people might go, eh. <laughs> uh, But Resident Evil 6, Devil May Cry 4, Dead Rising 2, Super Street Fighter 4, and Mega Man... Which one is it? 10? 10. Mega yeah. Man 10. Don't forget the travel bag. For fifty nine ninety nine, what travel bag? It comes with a oh, Capcom travel bag. GameStop. No, it's. It doesn't say GameStop exclusive anywhere. It just says Capcom Essentials. I don't see that listed on Amazon. It's one. Of, it's not even a bag. It's it, it's one of the. It's like the Killzone three things we have. It's like oh wait, those little right. mini backpack things. You know, so it's a little bag there of the drawstrings. Is. Yeah. All five award-winning games plus a Capcom travel bag for one low price. Oh, so I was right. Yeah. yeah. Crumpy Gus. Broken clock. Yeah, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> what? <laughs> blah, blah. Write twice a day. Come on. I do what? What twice a day? What? <laughs> Broken clock. It's right twice a day. Uh-huh, yeah. Get it? Come on. Yeah, Keep up yeah, with the, uh, uh-huh. yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Don't you have antihistamines to take? <laughs> is this really 2013 or is it 2014? I did I type it wrong? I might have typed it wrong. Hang on a second. I thought it said 2013. Is it? Wow, I guess it is. Wait a minute. Wait, what? There is no. No, F- this isn't right. There's no F1 2014 listed on their site. Okay, but there's an F1 2013, which comes out November 30th, according to this. Did they just... Are you on Amazon or something? For the Xbox 360 only. It was listed... F1 2013 for PlayStation 3, release date October 8th, 2013. From Warner Home Video Games. Huh. It's the Codemasters one. Hang on. Hang on. Let me look. Uh, and make sure they're not screwing around. No, I don't see that. Well, that's a GameStop exclusive. It might be, yeah. Because it's, it's not listed on Amazon at all. And there's an F1 2013 for the Xbox 360 that comes out at the end of November. Well, maybe PlayStation got an exclusive on it. Codemaster seems like PlayStation. That's really odd. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, GameStop sites, I'm looking at it right now. It says release date yeah. 10 2013 eligible for pickup at store... Um, street date guarantee pre-order this title by 11 a.m. CST one business day before the release date choose USA overnight and you'll get the game on release date on street date yeah well I don't know that's odd we, we've seen GameStop be wrong in the past so but we can only go yeah. by what their website says does not exist on Amazon very strange oh. okay so by the end of November F1 2013 should be out on the st- on the shelves Let's just say somewhere, that. yeah. <laughs> so we'll just put in the uh, we'll put in the new releases every week until we know it come, came out. <laughs> and next up is the Last Guardian. <laughs> for for uh, PSP, we're going to start doing oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, Borderlands Two Game of the Year Edition for fifty nine ninety nine though. Well, but that makes sense. Actually, I mean. It kind of sucks, but the amount of content, the amount of packs and downloadable stuff that they put into that, it's it's actually, it makes sense. <laughs> um, 
there was a lot that went into all the DLC for Borderlands 2. Uh, it'd be sick if all that's included in a Vita version. Oh. Huh. We'll see. Yeah, that one's fifty nine ninety nine. Okay, uh, then Disgaea D2, A Brighter Darkness. Indeed. We have a review coming for that. Brighter Darkness. Yeah, I love that. Like I actually went back and looked at that, too. Like, what? Wait. Uh, $49.99. <laughs> trying to think of who's reviewing uh, that. I think... I'm just pulling random stuff out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, and Beyond Two Souls. Sweet. $59.99. I get to, we get to listen to the soundtrack today. Yeah. Did you listen to it at all? A little bit. Yeah, pretty it's nice. Good. Yeah. There was there was one song that came up, and all of a sudden you could just tell because it, it was so different from the rest. I'm like, uh oh, shit's going down. <laughs> and then I looked at the song title. I'm like, yep, shit's going down. That's what it's called. Shit's going down. I think it is actually. It should be if it's not. It's all of a sudden, damn, shit's going down. <laughs> Podcast title. Anyway. Uh, so, so this is something that uh, I've been trying to get get published, but with all my travels and everything, I just haven't had this uh, haven't had the time to edit this. But I uh, got to sit down with Ben uh, for the, this game, Sully, a very serious. Uh, ah, sorry, Sully, a very serious RPG, uh, but it is anything but that. And I got to play a little bit of it, and then uh, he sa- he and I sat down and talked in this humongous conference room, only he and I, which was kind of cool. Uh, so give this a listen, and uh, I think you're going to be pretty excited for this game when we're done so i'm sitting here with uh, ben from bread brothers games that's right and we're going to be talking about sully a very what is it a very serious rpg sully a very serious rpg uh it's even sexier when it's your voice <laughs> so uh yeah sitting here at pax in a very large conference room which uh yeah, makes me feel kind of important very co- uh very corporate very very corporate i feel like i should be firing large amounts of people because <laughs> i'm at the head of it are we gonna get the big table in here do i gotta chop it down myself it's like look at the monitor there if you're just sitting oh underneath that monitor and you saw graphs going behind you and evil <laughs> plans as you like fold your hands gendo gakari style yes <laughs> i think at some point you should actually start yelling like sell sell yeah. sell <laughs> no they're all selling well then buy 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 so, how are the uh, the lawyers of the DOJ? Have they <laughs> taken care of the problem? We need more lawyers. Yes. Um, so, uh, your, your RPG we, we've been talking about a little bit before we got started because I, you know, I just wanted to kind of get an over overview of what what it is. And uh, and I played a scene for you. Played a scene and uh, very very funny, awesome writing. Thank you, thank uh, you. Really loved it. Uh, genuine laughs in it. So I was there. It was true. I was laughing, and and uh, I thought well, they seemed genuine. Although I am fat. Which means I'm officially supposed to be jolly. So oh no, no, I, I know plenty of acerbic fat people. So <laughs> Ooh, he's using big words, folks. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, so you know, we, you were you and I were talking, and, and you asked me if I like JRPGs. I said I like them, but I don't play them because I don't have time. Right. Um, You're a very busy adult with many important things to do. Well, I have this whole podcast thing and a full time job, and of course my uh, my collection of bells mm. that that take just a ton of my time collecting. So I collect Hummels. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, almost. So tell us about the game, where it came from, and, and kind of you know, what you're doing with it, and just give me the, the, the spiel. So um, uh, it came from a 17-year-long passion for making JRPGs, actually. I, uh, I started uh, before I learned how to program. Uh, before I knew that you could really 
program. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a 17 year old in 1997. This was before like all the tutorials and all the uh, all the, the wonderful things that you can self teach with on the internet now. Right. And I ran into this uh, RPG uh, engine community made by a bunch of 17 year olds like Ben Eirich and uh, and Ben uh, Brian Peterson called Verge RPG. Okay. Not to be confused with the Verge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot different. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're uh, wonderful, but uh, we were there first. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and it was just this uh, this uh, C++ DOS. It was that old. It was oh. a DOS-based RPG engine that just let you make things that look like Final Fantasy 4 and 6 and Fantasy Star 4 and Lunar. And um, <laughs> and it was, a, it was a vibrant community of kids that didn't know what the crap didn't know what the hell they were. You can say, you can swear. Okay, they didn't know what <laughs> what the what the hell they were doing, um, and we were just learning it as we uh, as we went along, and it got really popular uh, because yeah, a lot of factors came into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the factors was that it, it was uh, listed at the top of game creation engines on Yahoo. Ooh, and that's back when Yahoo was actually like this is important. before Google. This is like this is how old this is. Wow, I am an old man. <laughs> I got you beat. Don't worry about it. Okay, okay. But like, um, this is, it was before RPG Maker was in the states and translated and all that, and um, and there was like a vibrant um, a community there just because we had like thousands of people pouring in. Right. And for uh, for a couple summers, like a, a RPG demo would come out every day. It was very exciting and holy made up. Wow. I have made lifelong friends there. Um, and one of another one of the factors that like led to its success was there was this game called the Sully Chronicles. Okay. And it was very it was rough looking, uh, uh, very programmery art. No offense, Brian. Uh, <laughs> and um, he's but, sitting at home right now, going, "You son of a bitch!" That was it, it. Was it was amazing though because like even um, it was just funny. Mm-hmm. Its, its job was to like show how you do RPG things in the engine. So you would play the game, enjoy the game, and it was quite enjoyable. It was cool. The the humor, um, uh, like the humor, is definitely a stepping stone for my, uh, for my game. Uh, okay. Uh, and um, and there were no battles in it either, so you could just play it uh, front to back and uh, and just in, enjoy the, the 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 elements and the little. Because it was a demonstration game, it right. basically tried to include every trope of the of the genre, so you could go and look at the code to see how to do the, that trope, and and then people, you know, you would you would learn from that, and it was wow. it was a very instructive uh, experience, and it was really serendipitous because like it wasn't planned at all, at all, and uh, it was just you got excited, you got interested, and it was. Hard enough to be powerful, but easy enough to understand in, in peace. That's really cool. Yeah, um, it was great. Um, it was not the most mature technology. I mean, it was you know, it, it was <laughs> it was BJ's Ben Eirich's, um, uh first uh, first real big project and all. Okay, but like it was great, uh, and um, yeah. So uh, a lot uh, seven uh, seventeen years of life happened in between. I make uh, a bunch of uh, like several like two to four hour long, like not completed, uh, JRPGs because like JRPG fans have this, like when you're, when you want to make your own, you're like, I'm going to make bigger than Final <laughs> Fantasy six. I'm going to make a 10 part epic saga just on my own, uh, just on my own. In fact, that's how I started it. I was like, I had this game called saga of the stars and it was going to be this 10 part epic faster piece. And I was, I was reading like <laughs> uh, Joseph Campbell's masks of God series to learn about epic myth and stuff. And like, I had a, all these dreams and ambitions and like, I mean, I, I got a lot of work done, but the steam runs out and, uh, yep. and like, 
all I, of a sudden you see all of that work that has to be done and you just start processing it in your head going, I don't think I can do this before I die. Yeah, well, or at least, like, you know, you, you, have, you go to college, you have to do work, you, you go to, uh, yep. you, then your bills start uh, piling up and whatnot. But, like, so I, I'd made a bunch of different, like, little demos. And by little, like, these they weren't little, actually. A massive amount of assets that never got <laughs> shipped or, or just got shipped to friends. And then I did a bunch of jam games uh, and, and stuff like that. And, um, and like, I, I, I tried to just, uh, do a For Realsies game studio, making even more modest games. Oh, cool. Know, 4X games. That's a, that, that's a joke if you're familiar with 4X games. But, like, <laughs> but I, I, I really was so clueless uh, that I was like... I'm going to make a 4X game, and it, I, I'll do it on a shoestring budget, and it'll be great because I love Master of Magic. Um, <laughs> and um, that led to me being broke and having to get a real job like a real person. Um, but That's the day that sucks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, amusingly, if you're familiar with Dungeons of Dreadmore, uh, a Steam roguelike, mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, incepted during that that we're going to make a, a 4x game well and then like i start running out of money and, and nicholas vining uh who was uh my partner at the time uh who went on to be the gas lamp game cto and, sure um he's he proposed okay let's do a short project <laughs> let's do a short it'll be it'll take six months we'll do a procedurally generated roguelike it's a really open markets. They're fun games, and this is before roguelikes yeah. really became mainstream, right? Right. Um, and uh, and that was Dungeons of Dreadmore. Okay. Uh, and uh, and six months ended up turning into several years, turning into just uh. it disappearing from my radar. Yeah. Turned into him continuing it on, and then like eventually shipping it. And and it's amazing. Um, very cool. But uh, then I had to go be a software engineer and the, <laughs> and, uh, and and pay my bills and like, get dental work. <laughs> Stupid bills. I swear to God, like I, I gave up on game making because I had a huge cavity, that, <laughs> oh. and I got really, really skinny. I got like I, I weighed 135 pounds. Wow. Yeah, like because I couldn't eat in, uh, for like half of 2005. Like I was just living off of coffee and like spaghetti with an oatmeal with, oh with nothing God. on it because it's the only thing that wouldn't make my, my mouth hurt. Um, it looked at, great though. At some point, don't you just get a pair of pliers and just <laughs> well no I, but i i ended up like getting a job to um uh, uh <laughs> I need the insurance well uh, like so i actually like uh making these games and uh and then like making the website remaking the website for uh vergerpg.com mm-hmm. taught me professional software engineering skills uh like i ended up dropping out of college and just going to do that and nice. Um, the, the pure autodidact route. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, so I became a, a software engineer for like seven, eight years. Wow. Uh, and, uh, but you know, when you're working for other people, it's just, it's just not the same. It's not. Uh, and, um, I think those seven or eight years were, were good because I learned a lot about project management and like yeah. how to scope and how to cut features and and uh, how to make your life as a as someone has to maintain a, a large hairy code base easier. Um, <laughs> I, I won't bore your listeners with agile methodologies and test driven development. Oh no, they're all into that. Yeah, well, yeah, we have stuff. we have a whole sub forum just for that stuff. <laughs> but um, but uh, when I saw Dreadmore come out, and remember, like there was a gap period when, right, when I'm right. working, and like it comes out, and I'm like, wow. This could work. You can make a living doing this, and uh, and then I saw the, uh, Zaboid Games come out with uh, with their X-Bug title, Breath of Death Seven: The Beginning, and like 
that specifically looked like a Verge RPG. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he was uh, a member of the Verge community back in the day. Okay. He was a, uh, named Rainbow Despair on the forums. If, if you want to go through the ancient <laughs> forums from the ancient times and, and look at what he was saying back in the day. But uh, I was McGrew. My stuff's mo- much more embarrassing. So you can, um, and, um, uh, and I just started like being like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think I'm going to do it again. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I uh, we started working with uh, some friends of mine, uh, and I uh, all of them, all of them from the the ancient Verge community, and part of them from the uh, from the original Dreadmore team. We decided to start making this. So, how many people are actually working on this? Uh, I think the uh, the the people that have contributed directly to content in the game list is around 12 right now. Okay. We have about eight working, uh, on it, uh, like these days. Right. Um, most, uh, all the art is, uh, is contract art. Okay. And there's a lot of rev share going on. All, all the programmers are pretty much unpaid and just <laughs> working on it for the monies. It sounds like a uh, lot of indie, indie games I talk to or a lot of devs I talk to, that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, the bootstrap problem. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's actually getting quite uh, quite problematic. I mean, I can't begrudge someone if you know they they drop out of the product be- uh, because like they need to live. I've been there. <laughs> I gotta buy formula for my kid. I gotta but, go. Yeah, but like, uh, but I'm I'm definitely running on a, a, a shoestring and running out of uh, out of the dollars. Sure. Uh, and uh, and because of that, I've I've had to like uh, cut a bit of the the desires I've had for the game. Sure. Um, and uh, one of the things I like, we're considering a Kickstarter right now. Because the game, the game is coming out, yeah, and it's definitely going to ship. So it's like an in the bag kind of Kickstarter situation. But I really want to be able to pay um, the artists more because I, I have been paying uh, out of pocket the artists, be- right, right? Because th- this is their livelihood. Yeah, um, programmers have the, the luxury of of taking on contract work here and there, and, yep. uh, and it can be small little things. But the uh, the contract work for uh, for artists. Is 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 all they 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 can they have oh, yeah, definitely know? and um and uh, I need some more money t- uh, to make sure that they can they can take take on my work instead of other people's work um and so like uh, we're currently considering a Kickstarter to like make sure that all the animation for the battle system uh, and uh, and uh, and more elaborate map effects can can be done. Well, I think. With you guys, I think you'll probably be pretty successful doing that because the game is already in progress. It's not one of those things where we need money so we can do a prototype. And I, you know, it's it's interesting um, because I've seen some uh, some uh, other projects in our situation kind of skirt with failure on mm. on, on the Kickstarter. So it's it's actually kind of nerve wracking to tr- uh, to consider this. Um, for me, at least, uh, one of the things I keep hearing uh, at Pax Dev and from my friends that have done Kickstarters is that. Um, like ninety nine percent of the time, you need a pre pre existing community, right? Um, and I don't, I don't have a community. I don't, I, I'm relative unknown these days. If this was fifteen years ago, I would have had a, a very strong community. Yeah, you would have had that whole. But like fifteen years ago, we didn't have, we didn't really even have like custom PayPal. <laughs> it was True. like X dot org uh, was <laughs> the, was uh, was the bank. I that's history. Didn't yeah. get into, but like um. Like there was no way to really take efficient online payments unless you wanted to accept beans. <laughs> uh, but they're magic beans. Oh god! Remember beans? No, I don't want to talk about. 
<laughs> no, no, like it, there was this web currency called B E A N Z. It was yeah. awful. Anyway, um, um, there's no way to like do direct sales. Like it was the the indie subculture really didn't exist. There were a few like outliers. Like um, it was it a Vernum? Uh, like I don't think or, I've heard of that one. Uh, but like. Um, yeah, I could be. I, I I might be getting the pronunciation wrong, but like like a very few uh, f- a few people before 2005 were making an independent uh, living, and then like after 2005, the indie revolution happened. It, yeah, which uh, unfortunately for me, I was trying to make the games between 2003 and 2005, <laughs> and went broke before this infrastructure uh. of like uh, people that had failed in the interesting ways and could tell you like the stories to avoid it. <laughs> I was the one failing in interesting ways. And just failing, uh, <laughs> and and so yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, where was I? I don't even know anymore. It's gonna be need some editing here. No, we're leaving it all in. Damn. We're doing it live. Damn it! <laughs> I'm streaming this right now. Didn't it's you not, know that? There's no words there. Uh, um, memes. So you, you get up to the point where you you kind of want to start making the game again, and, yep. and you're, you're thinking, I, I really want to do this, and, and it seems like I can make it work. And you start working on it with these guys, and you actually. This is based on a game that came out of that community originally, mm-hmm. and you got you got the rights to do it, mm-hmm. and so you're you're kind of remaking it. This is a Battlestar Galactica style reboot, right? right. The same, uh, all the same characters are there. Uh, some roles may have been changed. Some <laughs> some uh, to protect the innocent. Some temperaments right. may have been changed. Um, Starbuck is now a girl, um, <laughs> and. Um yeah yeah it's uh there's a lot more uh depth to it uh there's there's more areas there's uh more fleshing out of the world sure and um and it's it's a world where um so it's a comedic rpg you know there's a, uh, there are quite a few comedic uh, indie rpgs right now right. um and oh my god like uh if the, i was just hanging out with the tales of games guys doing uh, barkley 2 uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen that one. They're brilliant people. Oh my god, they're they're wonderful, and their uh, their shtick is to go ridiculous, like super ridiculous, over the top. We're just gonna, you know, okay. We're gonna go balls to wall. Is it visually and uh, story, or is it? Yeah, it, the writing, writing, the visuals, uh, just the feel of the world. Okay. It's just, it's just. But they have constructed a a consistent uh, world with a ridiculous feel, and they're playing it straight. Okay. Um. And uh, and that's the type of humor I I uh, I favor. I I consider it uh, um kind of what the Venture Brothers do. Okay. Um. Because they have this ridiculous world where it's super science and everything, yeah. and uh and uh but. At the same time, people go to college and have real jobs, and the fact that there are boy adventurers in this world, and you know Mayan priests and whatnot, and ruins to explore, <laughs> that just happens to be a fact of that world, and is of no note. You know, the, when you see like cops on the street like passing Doctor Venture, they're like super science weirdos and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, it's just like. Uh, they're resentful of this lifestyle because it, it's something that exists like a uh, sort of half rock star or something. So in Sully, in the same vein, in, in Sully, instead of like going up to make out point, they go out and try to like yes. venture out into dungeons and things. Yes, yes. There's definitely like boy adventurers are a thing that go in, and raid uh, raid um, ancient ruins and plunder <laughs> like the ethnic uh, treasures, yeah. uh, 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 you know, the, the ethnic heritage of peoples with blindly 
without consequence. Uh, peeing with, on graves and pe- peeing on graves, and and they don't give any uh, any thought to it because that's that's their thing. They're they're kind of oblivious touristy jerks. Uh, <laughs> when you when you think about it, JRPG heroes are kind of touristy jerks. True, and yeah. uh, and like there there is that in this game, but there's also like the native people is going. Thanks. What are you, uh, yeah. What you are you dick? doing? This is this is not what you were supposed to be. Nice. <laughs> Have you no respect? Um, but but like, um, I mean, I don't. I'm. Not, it's. I don't like. Uh, I don't like the fourth wall breaking humor like uh, that you right. see in in in, uh, in some JRPGs that are like. Um, oh, let's call attention to the fact that you're walking into random people's houses and taking their stuff. You know? Right. Right. Um, I mean, it's. If you uh, if you if you go consistently with that, it's a perfectly fine thing to do. Um, but like, I feel like other games have been there already and done that already, and sure. I, I just don't want to do that. I would rather make just something that's something more in the uh, in in the uh, the Venture Brothers style of it's a weird world with its consistent rules and internally, right? But it's also influenced by uh, human action and uh, and what we know in our world. Like, which, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, it, you, you see a lot of that even with uh, some of the stuff that I've been playing lately. And what you're doing is that's the universe and that's just – that's what people do. Yeah, yeah. It's not weird to them. It might be weird to you because it's, it's different than what you're used to. But that's the culture, you know, and, that, and that's what's happening. Right, so right. it's pretty cool. If you can stick to that all the way through the game, I think that's really going to work well. Um, that's, uh, that's what I'm aiming at. Well, yeah. uh, so far, my, uh, my beta testers have, uh, have enjoyed it, uh, and uh, that's encouraging. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting, uh, getting more people into the, the beta, beta reader type thing because, like, there, this is heavily, you know, there's a lot of talking. Sure, but not in not. Uh, don't worry, there's not big walls of text. Uh, it's just uh, I, I'm a fan of the many many cutscenes thing. Right. So it's small vignettes leading to bigger vignettes, leading to like big sh- set pieces, and then you, you scale back again. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I learned that one from um, uh, what Tim Rogers. Like he called it out in the, the Lufia Two review he did, and Lufia Two has been one of my favorite games. And like, yeah, and yeah. he broke down the story structure, and I'm like. I've been doing most of this in my little games, hmm. and him calling it out was like, I now have a you know I have a name I have a I have you internalized put a the name basically well, I've internalized the process and like it helped like just clear things up. Sure. And like that is what I love. I, like so, like Wild Arms One did it, Lufia did it, um, Final Fantasy Four I think I think did it too, and that was one of the better parts of its pacing. Like okay. it kind of have a uh, kind of a stage play feel. Um, another thing is. Um, I'm trying to make sure that all the all the main actors in the game, PCs and uh, and non-PC main actors, um, actually have personal motivations. Oh, okay. Yeah, like everyone is to some degree self-interested and self-interested in a somewhat flawed way. Like <laughs> this isn't to say that they're all jerks. Most of them are not. Some of them are. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but like. Everyone's doing something for a reason, and they're like they're not understanding other people's point of views sometimes. Okay, you know, like, and it turns out that's how the world works. Exactly. Yeah. You know, anyway, uh, that's one of my. It's, but I just don't like the whole like, except for Darren. Darren's real motivation is to be kind of a clueless adventurer. Okay. But uh, I mean, I guess his flaw is really that he's a clueless rich boy tourist <laughs> that doesn't understand <laughs> that he is that yet. Like. like so that's the starting point for his arc. Sure. But um, anyway, 
but yeah, uh, things. So visually, you know, there, there's definitely a difference with when you're in the overworld and compared to like the battle scenes. What are you kind of shooting for for the visual styles on both sides and? Oh, uh, the visual styles of uh, of the uh, of the overall the maps and the exploration. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's more of a low res uh, fantasy star, star four pastiche. Okay. Oh, pastiche! I said another one. Another big college word, yeah, man. Yeah, I, what do you think um, you're talking to here. I got the thesaurus out. Um, For those of you that don't know what a thesaurus is, it was a giant dinosaur that ra- uh, roamed the earth millions of years ago and had a really good vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually uh, subsisted off of dictionaries. Yes. Um, and uh, Maybe some encyclopedias, but that was only in certain regions. I think it died out when the lolcat came to power. So I, w- I was actually thinking angry cat, but... We'll uh, no, no, no cat. because the yeah, corruption yeah. of its food source. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Um, it's it's definitely a low res upscaled crunchy pixels. Um, we, I'm not doing any like uh, pixel smoothing that you, you sometimes see in, right. in in pixel art games or. And emulators. you're not even going to include like a filter or anything like that. No, that's what I'm saying. Be... Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and um, because I I, um, I love the aesthetic. Yeah. And uh, and people that people are like retros overplayed. It's like uh, <sighs> like Adam Atomic said it uh, well. It's that's like saying. I hate an art style. Yeah. I, I hate a, uh, it's like saying I hate pointillism or I hate, you know, impressionism. It's yeah. like the, the crunchy pixel art style is kind of pointillistic, actually. It's got a lot, uh, you know, it's, it's fine. It's a mosaic, for, uh, you know, it, it is strictly a mosaic. It's just a very fine mosaic. Yeah. Um, and I think it's here to stay. I do too. I and, mean, even walking around the, the indie booth, I mean, uh, it's, it, it's here to stay, but I mean, even with, the pixel art that we're seeing lately, like the the old eight bit sixteen bit look, mm-hmm. there are so many variations even in this small sampling. Yes, yes. And uh, I mean, there's some stuff that looks well. A thousand spikes that was at the party last night. Oh yeah, yeah. My, oh, that I, looked like Spectrum. It looks yeah, it looks like it, a Master System game or something. No, no. no oh, it, it specifically was using uh, using Spectrum like uh, or C sixty four style like yeah. sprite blocks. Yep. It was like. So you're on this you're on this PlayStation Four, and we're going to uh, take the art style from something that had 32 to 64 KB of RAM. Yep. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, I love. Um, I, I I I guess haters are going to hate, but I, I think uh, yeah. I think another generation um, like people will just in, uh, expect some games look like this. Yep. And it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I I think right now we're in the uh, the weird bridge of. That's what they used to look like. And <laughs> well, I think people have a problem with it, especially now because the new the new systems that are coming out are so new, and they want they want things to show to their friends. And and you know you have a game like oh, I don't want to show that to my friends. I well, hyper realistic three D games have uh, have a time and a place. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that uh, that place is in a giant studio where you can spend <laughs> uh, you know fifty million dollars and go over budget. And, and wait, you're saying that your characters are not motion capped? No, I I no. might have to pass. I'm sorry. I, uh... So anyway, anyway, the uh, the map art is uh, is reminiscent of uh, Sega Master System. Okay, and, oh, no, well, not Sega Master System. What I'm saying, Sega Genesis, Sega Genesis RPGs, Fantasy Star Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Fantasy Star Four, and you know, uh, I'd say Final Fantasy VI. Okay, um, uh, just in the tile art, the characters are definitely Fantasy Star inspired. Um, yeah, and um, let's see. The battle system, so uh, like JRPGs uh, yeah. of the 2D era, have this long tradition of the battle system looking better than the map art. Right, right. they put more uh, more resources in that. And if if you think I'm lying, look at like Final Fantasy IV's map, uh, tile art versus its battle art, and just 
just think about that for a little bit <laughs> and then come back to me. Um, but like, uh, like they, they would always have like bigger, splashier art. Right. Uh, and, um, and, but there's that, that, there's that dichotomy. Like you're going into a battle, there's a break you can mentally reconfigure. Um, and I'm, uh, I've gone with a higher resolution, uh, art, art style there because, uh, my animator, Brian Rathman made these gorgeous, they're beautiful, uh, animations, uh, kind of a Valkyrie profile style, like yeah. big bouncing sprites with a lot of detail, uh, kind almost like, um, n- not quite as, uh, almost like, uh, like, uh, fighting game sprites. That's what I was thinking too. Like uh, earlier but, fighting game sprites, like sixteen bit era, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, si- like sixteen bit era uh, fighting sprites, but in a more painterly style because yeah. you can see the the, the strokes and yes. stuff. Uh, so, and I really like uh, like what he's done with it, and we've really really just gone whole hog with uh, with it. We weren't originally going to do it. We we're going to have mm-hmm. it like same resolution, little. It was going to be a lunar style battle okay. system, okay. and it was going to be these like little sprites walking around with like, a lot of cutesy animations, but still same animations uh, size as the or a little larger than the, uh, the the map sprites. Sure. But then Brian was all like, "Look what I can do!" <laughs> it turns out I am an artiste, and uh, I was it, like, it's, "It's gorgeous." I mean, as soon as that popped up, wow, yeah. that's. Yeah, it like the, when he like when he first gave me the art to, to be like, "What do you think about this?" Mm. I, I was like, "Oh, that's really good." Uh, <laughs> how how long would it take you? How how much would that cost me? And he, <laughs> and he told me a number, and I was like, "I don't have that money." No. And then I kept thinking about it. I kept thinking about it. I kept thinking about it. I'm like, I will find a way to make this work. Right. Um. And now I'm broke. <laughs> And uh, welcome to the club, sir. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and that that we that leads directly to why uh, why uh, I'm considering a Kickstarter because I want to be able to fund more of that. Well, have you looked into anything like Indiegogo or any, any um, other alternatives? There are reasons not to go to Indiegogo. Sure. I mean, people are like, oh, but you can get part of the money. It's like, well, you can get part of the money, but it doesn't feel as legitimate. It doesn't have the user base. You're not really get, going to have like the uh, the good effect of people seeing people right. like your friends uh buy into something you see that you you go go into it right it's just uh i've been talking to other game makers uh indie game makers and they're just saying yeah that's not not really an option you mm. should go kickstarter if you're going kickstarter even if it's an all or nothing proposition okay which is nerve-wracking yes it is i like my what what will become of my ego if like three people and a dog <laughs> like say oh here's a dollar i pity you <laughs> I don't even want. I don't even want the pre-order. Um, oh, Just take my dollar and shut up. And it, like um, we have been taking pre-orders too, uh, and uh, and yeah, it is of note, and it should be it should be broadcast loud and clear. Is like everyone that everyone that pre-orders before the Kickstarter starts, mm-hmm. like gets bumped up to like for free to the next uh, tier of the Kickstarter. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So like they they get the they get bonus stuff that they wouldn't have gotten uh, uh, just from the pre-order. Would one of those bonuses be like a better hat for my character? No, no. Um, <sighs> but the full soundtrack made by Matt Steele is part of it. Which I actually said to you when I was playing it, I love the music. And you don't even like JRPGs. I didn't say that. I said <laughs> I like JRPGs, I just don't play them. Okay, okay. Um, I have played them in my past mm-hmm. when I had extra time when I was working at Electronics Boutique and yep. not really doing anything else You know, as, as a precocious 20-year-old. Um, I guess uh, before uh, we're running a little, yeah, little, we are. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I just wanted to say, um, uh, so like, I'm a grown up. You're a grown up, and you were saying to me earlier, like, 
I, you know, I like JRPGs sometimes, but, yeah, but yeah. they are so long. Um, and I recognize that as a problem. Uh, and uh, that's why I, uh, I've added uh, two interesting modes to the game. Yeah. Um, you have the ability to turn all battles off. Uh, and that is, that's useful uh, if you're... It turns out... I. Trust me, you'll want to play the battles, especially if you like the battles. They're they're fun. They're gorgeous. They're, yeah. There's uh, there's strategy involved. We're doing some interesting things there. There's Super Mario RPG style like bashing, timed bashing elements to it, etc. So uh, it's a fun experience. But I recognize, and my I myself am sometimes one of those people that doesn't want to have uh, a grind. Right. Um, I like to explore. I don't want to be penalized for walking around a cave and just running into a, a random encounter every four steps. Right. So for for uh, for those of you uh, that are like that, um, you can turn all the battles off. And actually, for those of you that aren't uh, that like all the battles, there are no random encounters. Every oh, okay. every battle is a scripted battle. Okay. And you see them on the map, and you and there's a, a short vignette right before. Um, each each battle, like the the, the on map characters, do something and maybe talk a little, and then they fight. Okay, and you, uh, yeah, some of them are avoidable; so they're not all mandatory. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, so like there isn't random encounters. You okay. can get into random battles though, but you're gonna it's uh, at these things called heck mouths. <laughs> at, at the beginning of every uh, every dungeon, there's this glowing purple portal uh, called a heck mouth that you can just you you you, you go into it and you get into a battle. So if you want to grind your levels up beyond that, uh, mm-hmm. beyond what the, the the normal battles got to, or if a boss battle was too hard and you sure. need to level up, you go there. That's um, pretty cool. Uh, uh, I realized I had a problem with the whole like finite number of battles thing, and like right. it turns out grinding is useful if you're having uh, for the difficulty curve. Right. 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 Um, the second mode is boss battles only, ah. um, and it, like you just earthbound style skip through the uh, through the uh, the ones on the maps. You still see the the before and after cutscenes uh, for those battles, uh, but like you just you know, ching ching and and oh, that's pretty cool. the the lights flash and then the battle happens, um, and then you get boss battle only mode, which is uh, auto levels you to what the expected level that this would be good for. Okay. Um, and then you play, um, and if you want, if if you get defeated, uh, you can just tr- say restart, uh, restart battle or skip battle if if it's it's really not your thing. Sure. Um, there are, there are benefits to beating the battles. There are there are unlockable parts of the world and side quests that can only be done through battles. So like, okay. we're incentivizing you for doing that as well. Sure. I don't. Um, and you, the only way to get to this, uh, some secret endings are battle wise. Um, <laughs> But, Is that uh, when you find out that everybody's a Cylon? I told you not to say. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I'll edit that out. Um, and uh, and uh, of course the, the the third mode is all battles. Cool. Um, thing is, is that everything about that? I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure uh, five minutes later from here, I'll be like, "Oh, I should have said <laughs> Son it." Son of a. It, it, and it it poos chocolate and. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I love chocolate. Do you have any other questions? Um, well, what platforms are you aiming for right now? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so we're coming out on PlayStation Mobile, okay. uh, which is Vita and some Android devices. Um, and we are also coming out on PC, Mac, and Linux. Okay. Um, if you pre-order or, or if you uh, do the Kickstarter, you're only getting PC, Mac, Linux versions. Okay. Uh, because it turns out I don't control Sony and they don't really have a concept of 
as far as I know, with with PlayStation Mobile, it's a little bit different. If you were actually coming out for like a platform, like a Vita or something, you'd probably have a little more leeway. But you're right, you're right. I yeah. think there's keys there. Um, yeah. But like, um, uh, and uh, I would like uh, like to eventually bring this uh, maybe to the uh, the the straight PSN. So because I think like people would like that because uh, PlayStation three and four are definitely it feels good playing an RPG on those. Like, yeah, definitely. Right? Um, and. Um, so that'd be nice, but that's definitely not on the board right okay. now. Uh, when do you, if you get the funding and everything else, when do you think you're you're, you're probably going to get this game out? I, I would say probably sometime in 2014. I would assume. Um, very late 2013 or okay. or early 2014 is our current goal. Uh, mm-hmm. Our original goal was uh, summer 2013, uh, and if we if we remove, we're already uh, we're like a week or two away from content complete. Oh, okay. Um, Digital content. Sure, I've got a lot of scripting left to do, like uh, like finalizing scenes, tweaking scenes, testing, and beta testing. Uh, so it's largely on my head. And um, but like, uh, we're, so we're slipped. Uh, we're slipping past uh, summer of sure. this year. Sure. But my friends who are also who also make uh, uh, indie JRPGs uh, have. Are, we're kind of like, well, you're way ahead of schedule. If, <laughs> if you're only slipping by like three to six months. We slipped by a year. Yeah, it, it sounds like the norm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, because uh, JRPGs have a lot of nooks, crannies, and uh, and hidden time uh, sinks. I think uh, I think Zaboid uh, uh, Games now with uh, coming out with their fifth. I think they're starting their fifth title. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think they're starting their fifth title, and they're uh, getting the, the planning down to a more refined science. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, they still they still go over. It's yeah. it's it's. In software development, uh, going over is just a way of life. Yes. And in game development, doubly so. Yeah. Uh, uh, if people want to pre-order, where can they go? Breadbros.com slash Sully. All right. Uh, B-R-E-A-D-B-R-O-S dot com slash S-U-L-L-Y. There's a trailer there. Uh, we're going to be updating uh, the site with uh, uh, with newer uh, screenshots and everything with the the finalized ba- battle UI. Cool. And if you would like to follow me, uh, I'm at Bengru, B-E-N-G-R-U-E, on Twitter. Do it. It's of note that uh, if you uh, please follow me if you're interested in, in JRPGs and or making JRPGs, because I'm going to be coming out with a series of video podcasts uh, oh, soon. Oh, very cool. As soon is, as, uh, is in the... <laughs> By 2020. No, no, no. It's a, <laughs> uh, I think we're going to start in a month or two, uh, just beca- because it's part of the PR cycle, and it's, like, sure, it's, sure. it's good for our, ga- uh, our games. So, so like Adam, uh, Adam Rippon of, uh, of Muteki, uh, the uh, uh, one of the guys behind uh, Dragon Fantasy Book Two, yep. which is coming out uh, next on, week. Uh, next week, which uh, I think like the ninth or tenth, something like that. Ninth or tenth of yeah. September yeah. on PlayStation Network. Yep. So, uh, and they are uh, very good friends of mine, and uh, their game looks amazing. And I, it does. I am taking the only game I am taking any time off to play this entire time is this game. Yeah, I told him I'm going to finish it. I, I'm I'm going to like just straight shot it just as a rejuvenating experience. Ooh. I mean, I, and here I am just skipping like Saints Row and and yeah. like uh, I, uh, there's too many things. <laughs> but like um, Adam Rippon and I are uh, are going to be doing a series of video podcasts on um, how to make JRPGs. Awesome! It's uh, it's going to be both creation. And uh, the business aspects. Oh, very cool. Um, they're going to be less than five minutes per, so it's a very focused topic. 
Uh, and uh, and the title is going to be The Adventure Capitalists. Ah, there you go. So if, uh, if you're interested in, uh, in, in the nitty-gritty of the indie RPG industry or just how to, uh, how, to, how to do things so you'll actually finish one of these games, which is really hard. It is. Um, please uh, follow me on Twitter. We'll start announcing things there. We're just getting it together right now. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up when the game gets closer, and, and we will talk again. Please be in touch. All right. Thanks very much. All right. Well, thanks very much for Ben uh, for sitting down with me, first off, and it was like kind of the f- beginning of the day, so we were both trying to wake up a little bit, but uh, that, that was quite fun. So uh, when the game gets closer to release, uh, we're definitely going to try to have him on again and talk a little bit more about the game and, and uh, maybe give some more detail. So... Uh, but keep your eye on that. It, it's it's it, what I played. I really enjoy it, and and I think a lot of people are going to like it. I mean, again, I liked an RPG, so pretty cool stuff. But on with the news because there's a buttload. So uh, one of my most anticipated games of this year, Killzone Shadow Fall. Uh, they've released the details for the season pass. It's it's very very quickly starting to look like season passes are going to be kind of the new vogue with uh, the next gen. I mean, we saw a lot of those with the current gen, but we're already hearing about season pass details all over the place, which once again kind of disappoints me because you're not really paying $60 for the game anymore. You're paying $120 uh, for, for a game. And, and honestly, I think it's getting a little much. If you want to... It's like we're buying almost extended demos to a certain extent, you know? We have to buy all this extra content all the time. I mean, some of them have been nice. The Battlefield well, premium has been nice, and... Uh, the Uncharted Three season pass was really good, but you know, it it does kind of suck. But at the same time, for somebody like me who may not be playing a lot of online or any online, I don't have to buy any of that, so I don't have to worry about it. Well, get the game. But there are some games that have season passes that aren't all multiplayer. They actually add stuff for the single player experience as well. Which would be Borderlands Two. Yeah. Uh, but that's the whole point. Yeah, I mean, there there is stuff. It depends on the game. Uh, but for those games, you wait for the Game of the Year edition and then just buy it all in one. But I can't nice wait. I need package. it now. Well, Killzone Shadowfall, I don't see. Like, first-party games, I don't see ever getting Game of the Year editions with all that stuff built in. Well, um, they've done that before. Uncharted 3 had a Game of the Year edition and that uh, included that's a bunch true. of it. I forgot about that. Yeah. Heavy Rain, the director's uh-huh. cut, that had that humongous... But that added the move stuff. But it also added, uh, there was like a huge patch, and then I thought there was... Oh, yeah, that was all that was. Yeah. What am I thinking of? Well, look at... look at. Uh, there was a GT5... What? Uh, XL edition that, that had all had, the DLC. Yeah, the XL edition, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was dirt okay. cheap, too. It was awesome. Cause, so there's at least two. Although it was funny because that XL edition, I thought everything would be on the disc and it wasn't. It was like all these download codes. I'm like, oh, I still got to download all that stuff. But it was cool. I mean, so they pulled a Ridge Racer five on us, right? Not as bad, but very clear. Uh, was it five or seven? Ridge Racer seven. Yeah, sorry. We had to download each individual uh, skin, each individual song. Oh god, it, there was well, that was even worse when when it says you know buy the pack, which includes all <laughs> like these five things, and you buy the pack, and then nothing happens. And I'm like, what the hell? Did wait, nothing down da- wait, what? And then you go and to your download list and there's 80, the 80 items. Yeah, all those items say free, 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 free. I'm like, motherfucker. 
You had to click on every single one of them and download them individually. There were uh, so many things for Ridge Racer 7 that it actually filled my download queue, and I couldn't get everything in one swoop. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was terrible. It's crazy. F and Namco. Uh, well, anyway, so this Killzone Shadowfall DLC pack, or the, the season pass... Uh, it will focus on cooperative maps and modes, uh, so you're actually going to get an online co-op expansion pack, which focuses on team play and intense combat. The online combat expansion pack adds a new cooperative game mode. Uh, it sounds almost like a horde mode, uh, so you can join up to three friends, uh, survive against impossible odds, something I really don't care about. I hate horde mode, I hate, all, I hate zombie mode, I hate all that crap, but it'll go over big because a lot of people like that. Uh, there's going to be three online co-op map packs. Uh, each map pack will consist of two brand new arena maps that you can play in co-op mode for your friends. So you're just getting more stuff for co-op, and then uh, two additional multiplayer map packs. So you're going to be getting. They don't say how many maps are actually in these packs, but you get you know two of the map packs right away. So uh, if you buy the season pass on day one, you'll also receive an exclusive owl combat drone skin and a unique multiplayer spotlight move. So the owl is that little drone that you control all the time with the uh, with the touchpad. So it'll actually become like a uh, a little shield around you. You can send it out, and it'll actually uh, start firing on enemies and be more of a nuisance than anything else. And it can also be used as a zip line. So if you're standing by something that it can attach to. Uh, you actually have to like aim at it, and you can attach to it, and it becomes a zip line. It's pretty badass. Does it look like the owl from Clash of the Titans? I wish it did, but it just looks if like it a does. Owl. I'm I'm there. Even especially if it sounded like it, or whatever it sounds like, that would be awesome. <laughs> and then we need Burgess Meredith uh, DLC. <laughs> but it would have to be from and the Harry Twilight Hamlet. Zone. <laughs> you have to have Burgess Meredith from the, from the Twilight Zone. It's not fair. I finally have time to read my books. <laughs> and Harry Hamlin, yes, definitely. I mean, come on. Yeah. Harry Hamlin makes everything better. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, and then you also get a multiplayer spotlight move, which I'm not really honestly sure what that is. I think I know what it is, but I can't remember, honestly. I, I'm, uh, I'm old. But I'll get it anyway. Even though of I don't, she will. I don't. I don't care about the co-op thing, but I'll get Sucker. it anyway. Yeah, I know. I am. And then another game with see, with a season pass, which would be Batman: Arkham Origins. Yeah. Damn them. <laughs> yeah. But is this just for the PS3, or is this going to be a Vita thing, too? Uh, no, because the Vita game is, is a different game. It's actually Batman or- or Arkham Origins Blacklight. Uh, uh, so that's a different game. All right. Yeah, that's a Metroidvania game. Oh, boy. All right. So no, it's really good, here. dude. <laughs> well, it's nineteen ninety nine, but it's a $30 value. Oh, well, of course, We're, because you're going to buy all this stuff. numbers out of our ass. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know that you're the ones that set the price. It's not really like this <laughs> <laughs> mandatory that. thing. That's that's such great PR speak. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's nineteen ninety nine, but it's a thirty dollar value. Well, because I'm sure there's like rules out there that if you publish with Sony, if you do like a new skin, it has to be this price. And no, not at all. No. <laughs> all right. So uh, this has the Gotham Gaslight and the Brightest Day Batman suit. Uh huh. Okay. You got new Millennium skins pack five for Batman, one for Robin. Oh, Robin yeah, confirmed. Fuck you, Robin. 
the Infinite Earth Skins Pack. Five for Batman, one for Robin. Fuck you again, Robin. Uh, the Arkham Origins Initiation, where you run through the villains and they all paddle your ass. <laughs> I guess. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> it says, play as Bruce Wayne before he was Batman in challenge maps. Didn't you have to do that in the first Arkham? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, Arkham City, the second one. Yeah, yeah. When it starts. When you get out of prison. When you're yeah, in prison and all that. Yeah. And then there's an all new unannounced story campaign. Well, well that's great yeah. because the rest of it is just skins. Like who? And and the thing is, I would never Fuck. probably buy any of those skins because I, I always forget to use them when I'm in a game like this. Exactly. Uh, I don't mm. know. Yeah. I don't fully understand a lot of the skins. It's it doesn't really change anything in the game. But it's cute. Uh, yeah. I guess. Well, all right. So the initiation says you're you're training as Bruce Wayne in challenge maps, mm. uh, and this all new story thing eh, could be like an hour long. Could be well, it's probably DLC that they're gonna they're planning and bringing it out anyway, and and they're just putting it yeah. into the season pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could wait for that. I I would just buy that alone. Maybe the initiation thing uh, because I want to see uh, Kevin Bacon. In his underwear again. Um, I can see have another. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure the two of those combined won't cost anywhere near twenty bucks. So yeah. I, I could get away without the skins. I'd be okay with that. I mean, like I'll buy the new costumes and skins and everything for Injustice because it's nice having all the alternate costumes and everything in that game. Especially you know if somebody if you're playing like Batman versus Batman, it's nice to have additional skins, but. In a game like this, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't really – I don't see me using them in the single player. And there is multiplayer in this one, apparently. I haven't really seen too much of it yet except for the trailer. But I don't know if I'll play the, the, the multiplayer in that game because they're still using that mechanic where you, you know where you can actually swing from perch to perch to perch to make the bad guys lose sight of you. Yeah. It looks like they have that mechanic in the multiplayer. And I'm like, but I'm not trying to fool AI that – only has this little cone of vision. I mean, if I'm playing a human being, they're going to see me swinging from perch to perch to perch. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. Just saying. Who knows? Yeah. Just saying. So anyway, that's enough of the Batman thing. So in happier news, uh, they've, get, they've got a little deal going on on the, on the PSN this month. And uh, basically, if you spend... $50 for every $50 you spend in the PlayStation Store this month up until October 29th, you will receive $10. So you'll actually get $10 back into your wallet. Uh, so pretty nice. Uh, I, I like when they do this. Wait. I actually didn't realize that I spent that much the last time they did this, and all of a sudden I got a little certificate for it. It's not just the month of October. It was. It started like last week. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so okay, that's why good. that's why I kind of changed it and said up until October 29th. But yeah, you're yeah, right. You're because right. I put in a fifty dollar card today, <laughs> and if if that didn't count unless I put it in tomorrow, oh, I'd be unhappy. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, plus putting the card in there isn't you spending it. So tomorrow is the first when the store updates. So you'd be I'm fine anyway. Spend. <laughs> it's been. It's been. It's been. It's been. It. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I really like this, uh, and, and it's kind of funny because uh, who wrote this? Was it Mike that 
Oh, no, Kyle wrote this. Uh, he says something to the even right here where he says, uh, so anything that you buy on the PlayStation Network will count towards that $50 minimum. So if you you know re- even rent movies or TV shows, uh, music, games, DLC, all kinds of stuff. So even if you decided that you need to up your, uh, your PlayStation Plus subscription, which costs $49.99 right now, you spend another penny somehow. And you'll get the ten dollars back just from upgrading your your or uh, you know re-upping your PlayStation Plus subscription. So that's a good idea. Don't there. do it. Yeah, don't do it. Just spend the forty nine ninety nine and be done with it. <laughs> then don't get your ten bucks. Dick. Do, it. do it. I dare you. Double dog dare you. Uh, yeah, and then uh, well, check out the, uh, the 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 actual article that Kyle put up on the website because he talks a little bit about some games that could help you out. Some games that are coming up uh, that release by around that time that. Uh, Although he put some stuff in November here, because he did. When you pre, is he assuming pre-orders? But I, but the thing is, when you pre-order on, I, this is probably kind of like the Amazon thing that, thing that we have for our link, where I don't know if it actually goes against anything until the game actually comes out and it, you know, and the purchase price happens. I've never pre-bought no. a game on the PlayStation Store, so I don't know if it charges you right away or if it waits. I think it has to because um, what are you going to do? Say I'm I'm canceling my pre-order? You can't. Yeah, it's PSN. You pre-order it, it's done. You bought it. Yeah. Hmm. They'll charge you right away. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, so check out the article and uh, you know if you're interested, go for it. It's it's a pretty de- it's a pretty nice deal. I've gotten I'm just listening. I'm just listening now for all the emails saying, "No dumbass, they don't charge you right away. They charge you." <laughs> I've never pre-ordered I do it anything. All the time. Yeah. yeah, neither have I. <clears throat> I'm trying to think if I have. No, I don't, I don't think I've ever pre-ordered a game. No, I I rather would have I would much rather have a physical copy of a game. Yeah, but uh, they do pre-orders of of PSN only titles. So, although yeah, I, I I think I've talked myself into getting the digital version of BF4 on the PS4. Yeah, I'm not going to do that because I'll tell you what, having BF3 on the hard drive is freaking awesome on the PS3. Because <laughs> we just okay. we just got on to play last night. I'm like, oh, it's right here. Click done. It's it's so nice. That's fine. You know, I'll I'll get it for the PS3. It'll drop in price on the PS4. It'll come on PS Plus, and I'll get it for free. It's no big deal. Yeah, because you don't like playing online, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, one game I am going to get the uh, the physical copy for is this next one. So, Josh, tell us yeah. what this is. And the, the writers are actually the ones that told us about this on Saturday. We had a big meeting, and this came up, and <laughs> yeah. Josh and I went, wait, what? Who, what? <laughs> so South Park, the Stick of Truth, finally has a release date. It's coming December 10th in the U.S., December 13th in Europe. Dude, South Park. Yeah. And the new season just started up last week. And it was a weird episode. I missed it. I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. It was funny, um, but it was weird. So, you've got the game for fifty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. or or... You could spend seventy nine ninety nine for a special edition, which has the game, a kid robot, Grand Wizard Cartman figure, which looks freaking awesome. Yeah, six inch, six inch figure. Uh, a Kingdom of South Park map, which was hand drawn by Eric Cartman. <laughs> yeah. 
And the Ultimate Fellowship Pack costume DLC. Indeed. So really you're spending the extra 20 bucks on the Cartman Grand Wizard figure and the map. And I'm sure this is a $60 value. Yeah. <laughs> the DLC. Uh, it's a... It's guys that give you bonus fire damage, bonus weapon damage, bonus gold, uh, bonus defenses. Yeah. So this game better not oh, suck. Dude. I'm just saying it better not suck. Yeah. Because I'm spending eighty yeah. bucks on this son of a bitch. Yeah, that would that would be bad if it sucked. Well, Their games. I don't know. South Park games. They're like Star Wars games. They've been hit and miss. You know. Actually, I don't think you could even tell me a good South Park game. The well, see, that's because you haven't turned on your 360 in years. Uh, the uh, what's his face? The Scott Tennerman, Scott Tennerman's Revenge. Is that the tower defense one? No, 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 no. It's like a it's like a platformer adventure type game, um, hmm. and it's freaking fun. Hmm. It's really, really cool. Um, because you can swap back and forth between the characters, and it's it's really cool. They get sucked into the future, and Scott Tennerman somehow uh, has taken over the world. <laughs> so he's got all these little ginger robots and everything, and <laughs> it's it's really fun. It's it's really really a good game. So yeah, I guess beyond that, there really haven't been any. <laughs> Park games that were any good. Yeah, I mean that N sixty four one was promising, but it was a pile of crap. The the cart racer was terrible. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, what 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 makes me have some hope is that the, the fact that the South Park guys are actually pretty heavily involved with this game. You know, they helped write well, the story. They they actually they said they were heavily involved with the card racer. Yeah, how but that turned out they actually almost bought this game back after uh, THQ went bankrupt. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah, I mean they they felt very strongly about this. So uh, the problem is is that the, the developer and I can't think of the developer right now, but the developer has been very hit and miss. Uh, they did games like. Um, Oh, it was that Sega game, that agent, that third-person spy game that looked so great, but it, it turned out really bad um, uh, because they subcontracted it out like Aliens, Aliens Colonial Marines. Nice. Um, they've made some great games Obsidian. also. Obsidian, yeah. So it's they've made Obsidian. some great games, but they've made some real shit too. So I've, I'm having hope. I'm, I'm going to hold on to hope, and everything I've seen of it so far looks great. But you know, it's the trailers that we're seeing that kind of thing. We haven't seen any real gameplay yet, uh, which worries me. But yeah, I'm buying an RPG, an expensive <laughs> RPG. But I want it. Yeah. I want it. I want it. Yeah, the game looks awesome. Uh, and then last but not least, I don't know if the European ones in front of me. I, I bet you anything they're up on the site somewhere, but. Uh, the PlayStation Plus free games for October have been announced, and holy crap, what a great month. So for the U.S., uh, we're getting five free games out of PlayStation Plus, uh, three for PS3 and two for Vita because one of them is a uh, uh, cross-buy. You know what this is? This is the build-up, the, hey, guys, don't you want PS Plus? PS4 is coming. Don't you want PlayStation Plus? <laughs> Look at all these great games you're getting. Yeah, and there really isn't a stinker in this bunch, honestly. Uh, so you're getting Sign Mora for the Vita, which is a stunningly beautiful uh, side-scrolling shooter. 
uh, you're getting Kingdoms of Amal or Reckoning, which, uh, you know, even though 38 Studios went belly up and they had all those problems, the game actually is liked by a lot of people. Uh, it's 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 quite popular. I, I've I've seen a lot of sevens and eights in in terms of review scores, and uh, you know it's it's kind of a beloved game. Unfortunately, there's never going to be another one. Uh, Poker Night Two, which I like the demo. It's kind of cool because it's actually got characters from like the Venture Brothers and uh, the little robot from Borderlands Two is in it. And I'm trying to think of well, uh, Sam and Max are in it, and you're playing poker and- with all these characters. And Portal. Yeah. Uh, GLaDOS. Uh, GLaDOS, uh, GLaDOS doesn't play That's, the game, though. GLaDOS is the dealer. But, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's the freakiest thing seeing Brock Sampson, uh, Claptrap, and GLaDOS. And it's all the real voices. Together. Yeah. <laughs> it's just bizarre. <laughs> the one thing about it, though, is I played the demo, and it really chugged. But I don't know if that was just the demo or what. But the, pr- the problem is when you're playing poker, and, and when I'm playing a poker video game, I don't like a lot of crapping around. I just want to get the games going. And this one, obviously, because you have all these great characters in it, they have a lot of like talking in between games and everything. And it was fun for a while. I really enjoyed it. I mean, they have a lot of different dialogue in it. Even in the in the demo, there was. But I worried a little bit, like, oh, is this just going to be the same way over and over and over? But hey, it's free now, so who cares? Um, also, Hotline Miami, which is extremely popular. Uh, that's cross-buy, actually. So you get it on PS3 and Vita. And it has uh, cross-saves, everything. Really neat game. Uh, I haven't played it enough yet. I, I don't know if we're. I don't know if we're ever going to review up of that, but it's a neat game. It's it's a lot harder than it looks. I know we had some questions on Twitter. Like, is this game supposed to be this tough? Yes, it is. Uh, but you know, we, then we got the announcement that Hotline Miami Two is going to be console exclusive uh, up front, at least for PlayStation Four and Vita and all that. So pretty cool. And then uh, Shadow of the Colossus HD. So we're getting that awesome Shadow of the Colossus remake in HD. Uh, we already got Ico last time, actually, so now you have both of them off that collection uh, for free, and that's that's a great deal. I mean, that collection was what I think thirty bucks, wasn't it? Uh, I think yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So two fantastic games right there. So pretty badass. I, I know one of the ones that Europe got was Far Cry Three, actually, because somebody was complaining on Twitter, like, "Oh, where do we get Far Cry 3? And I'm like, "You're you're seriously complaining about free games? <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Seriously?" Huh? Uh, that's what people do. They I complain know. about everything. <clears throat> Nothing's ever good enough. Nothing. He kind of he kind of uh, qualified it after the fact because I, I said that to him on Twitter. I'm like, really? You're complaining about five free really good games? <laughs> and that's not what I meant. Anyway, but yeah, no, very cool. And it's funny. People have been talking about. Uh, we we had somebody actually get on the Facebook thing today. Say, oh, look at Microsoft. They're giving away free games. I'm like, yeah, it's six and it ends in November. That's it. Nothing else. Yeah. So I said, don't be fooled. <clears throat> but, and we actually have an email later on about uh, PlayStation Plus, so that should wrap into it nicely. All right. Well, let's do the playing and watching and the <laughs> So you want to start or you want me to do it? I could start. Okay. Yeah, you might as well since you have uh, two reviews after the break. Huh. Right away. I've got... Four reviews. Well, no, you have two, and then I do mine, so you can rest a little bit, and then you have two more. But that that's yes. your doing, mister. Oh, boy. All right. So, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX had a patch, which made it DX+. Plus. Yeah. And it's freaking awesome. 
<laughs> oh my gosh! Did you get all the other it stuff? Because had- there were like skins and stuff too. Uh, well, it's not skins necessarily. I mean, there are a couple skins, but it's it's essentially a whole new series of mazes. Um, okay. I went to buy that, but uh, I wanted to buy the pack of all of them. Uh, because if you buy all of them separately, I was like, all right, well, that's just crazy. And I tried to get to the pack, and it said no content is available. So... I don't know what was going on there, whether it had not gotten to the store yet, whether the the multi-pack of everything is not available yet or what. I need to look after, maybe at the break I'll look. Okay. Um, but it's a whole new series of mazes and stuff and some skins and stuff. Like one of the skins is uh, the Rally X cars, I think. Okay, so back up a little bit because... Yeah. So the, the patch adds all that or you had to buy... Because I saw that stuff in the store. No, what the patch adds is, like, all that stuff is available now to buy. Right. The patch adds the ability to add in all those new mazes. Okay. And all the skins. But it also adds in a whole new interface on top of everything where you can go right in and compare your scores and and all your stats to each individual person on your um, on your friends list. Oh, okay. Which is freaking awesome, but Uh-oh. the interface kind of sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw you playing because that the this, other day, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" And then I went to the store and saw that. I'm like, "Oh, yeah." It um, what it does, it shows a really big, you know, it takes up most of your screen with your stuff and then your friends' stuff, but it doesn't give you like a full friends list. Like it's just a left arrow, right arrow and you push the right arrow and it takes a couple seconds. And then the next friend loads, then you push the right arrow and then the next friend loads and it's all jumbled up. So it seems to be in the same order as your friends list. Like who the most recent person uh, online. Why don't they fix so, that? Yeah. And, and there's no way to filter it by people who actually own or have played the game. Oh, God. So I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, zero, 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 zero. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't load immediately either, so you're waiting and waiting and waiting. So and isn't that pretty much I'm useless trying- at this point, unless, you're, unless you've filled your friends with people to play the game? A little bit. God. Yeah. But when you get somebody who has, it's really freaking cool. Hmm. <laughs> so it's there. Um, it's it's crazy, though. I mean, this is a game. How old is this game? It's a couple years old. I mean, I reviewed it when Joel was still on the show. Whoa. It's that old. Uh, so it's an older game. And out of nowhere, they they loaded it with content. Yeah, like it I came mean, out of I nowhere. It must it has to be selling well enough for them to justify this because why would they do that with a game this old? Well, or is there like, did it come out in Japan like a year, a year ago and they finally got around to bringing it out over here or something? Could be something like that. Not that I've heard of. I, this just came out of nowhere. I didn't, I had not heard of this at all. Is there like an anniversary and for Pac-Man happening right now? No, because when you were at E3 the last time they had an anniversary going on. Yeah. Hmm. It's just, it seems so random. There must be some reason behind it. Maybe it's not just, but, you know. It's so weird. Uh, my, in my mind, I think it's selling well, uh, you know, and that must be it. But maybe there's some other reason behind it. But yeah. 
It's amazing, though. I I thought when I first got in there, and I'm like, oh, skins, oh, yeah, great. Uh, and then I saw the maps, and I'm like, dude, there's like five or six new mazes. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I saw the like, I saw the Dig Dug one. I saw like a Ms. Pac-Man one, I think. I saw... Uh, there's Championship 3 maze. Yeah. There's... Oh, my gosh. There's... I, I... Yeah, I have to go look at the store again, because when I tried to... Like I said, I tried to download the the big pack and it just wasn't available. Okay, yeah, you had to do um, everything se- uh, separately. I saw. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that because I'm sure that it'll be <laughs> at least a slight discount. No, 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 no. Did we not just talk about Namco before with their DLC? Oh, yeah, that's true. But dude, this Pac Man, <laughs> come on, <laughs> it's Pac Man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Pac-Man. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. While the store loads up on my other screen here, um, <laughs> I played a lot more GTA Five. Okay. Not enough to do the review, but I'm liking it a lot more. And I expected that. I did too, actually. I, f- I figured you would. Yeah. I, I just needed time. I... We we went over it. I think a lot of it was just how slow it was to get going there. How it took ten hours to to really hit the meat of the game, yeah. which that's brutal. I, I kind of um, figured having Stuart on would be kind of like therapy for you. So, <laughs> well, it yeah, I, the, uh, I'm liking it a lot more. Um, oddly enough, for the I don't know how many hours I played on Saturday. I only got chased by the cops twice. Yeah, I haven't been chased by the cops very me. much. I, uh, Outside of missions, I have not been chased very much. But I'm also... I always play these games trying not to get chased by the cops. It's really weird. I, like, I'm, I, I don't know if it's just an extension of me personally where I'm always trying to play by the rules. Although I go through every red light, but they don't even give a shit about that anymore. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't get chased by the cops very often. But when I do, I've been able to get away every time so far. I haven't been busted once. Well, uh, like I said, my problem was every time I I ran into something, every time I hit something or, or did something, cops would come around the corner chasing. You know, they they swarm at me from everywhere, and. I would end up running into one of them and then suddenly it's three, four stars and I've got the entire police force coming down on me and I couldn't get away from them at all. Uh, this time, I don't know why they started chasing me, um, but it was just one or two cops. Yeah. And I was in an area, I was right by the stadium. So I drove around close to the stadium and just kind of stayed around there where they, you know, they're on the roads. So they're not going to see me when I'm down by the stadium. Right. Um, so I did that and I was okay. Uh, I played a lot more missions. I did a lot more exploring and everything. Went to the top of Mount Chiliad, got my freaking parachute. Nice. Damn it. <laughs> I'm afraid to use it though, because I'm afraid if I use it, then it's gone. And I won't have a parachute again. I th- I don't. Yeah, I don't know because uh, I know when I got it, uh, and I actually died because that, that was that time where I tried to go off the uh, the little uh, the little pier thing up there, and I screwed it up, mm-hmm. and I ended up like tumbling down the mountain, and I and I died. 
Well, then I went back up and took the cable car back up the second time, and when I tried to pick up the parachute, I still had it. Actually, you lose it. I remember. No, I I still had it it because when I tried to pick it up, it wouldn't let me because I already had it in my inventory. No, well, I lost it because I... I got the parachute. I I just remembered it as you were saying all that. I I got the parachute. I grabbed a bicycle and rode down the mountain, went and grabbed a helicopter from Trevor's uh, airfield, and then started flying. And I was flying around looking at everything, you know, covering the map, just checking out, getting a handle on where things were. And I was trying to get to this one little spot in the map and hit the wrong button and jumped out of the helicopter. Fuck! (laughs) So I had to pull the chute, came down, I landed, and I was in the middle of nowhere. So then I had to find a car somewhere. I had to get to a road. I had to get a car. And yeah, I didn't have the parachute anymore. Wow. So I went back, got the helicopter again, flew all the way up to the top of the mountain, jumped out, got the parachute, and I was like, fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. Well, the funny thing is, later so, on, you unlock it, because it's not, you can see it up on, on the wall at Ammunition, but you can't buy it. I know, which frustrates the hell out of well, me. But they don't want you to do that right now, they want you to get through the missions. Oh, yeah, it's a big open world game <laughs> where everything's available to you, including <laughs> helicopters and airplanes, but fuck you and your parachute, you can't have one. <laughs> Maybe it unlocks when uh, online goes, goes live tomorrow morning. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to get on your nerves. I know. And it's bullshit. See, the funny thing is, since I'm not that big of a GTA veteran, I don't care. Because <laughs> I want to get through the missions. My whole goal right now is to get through the missions. And I haven't been able to play it since before we had Stuart on last week. I, I still haven't had a chance to play it since then. Because so, I had to get done yeah. with Rain for the review tomorrow and everything else. And uh, I just haven't had time to put it in there. Well, yeah, I, I gave it a bunch of time because I really wanted to get deeper into it. And and I am. I'm enjoying it because <clears throat> like I'm seeing a lot more to the world. And I got a little submarine and I was like, holy crap. You know, they really, I mean, I knew that they had done stuff with the underwater and everything, but just seeing yeah. how much was done there. Like I found a, a race course that I didn't know existed at all. You know. Okay. So I'm finding. Oh, is that I'm the uh, is that the one the kind of the upper left of the map? N- no, it's it's actually to the right of the Vinewood sign. Holy crap! Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's what I said. I flew over it and I was like, "Whoa, whoa! What the? F- no way!" Wow. It's yeah. It's like a tight oval. I don't know if it's a like a. It looks like I saw it from the sky. So it looks like a tight oval of a race course. I mean, it could be dog racing. It could be horse racing or it's cars. It better be dog racing with monkeys on their backs as the jockeys. It could be because it seems really tight to be cars, Mm. but I don't know. I, I just flew over it and thought, holy crap. Oh, and... What Stuart was saying last week, where he's like, "Oh, I know where you are. You're you were at the at the military base. I wasn't. Mm. Um, it's on the other side of the map, on the right hand side of the map, halfway up on the coast, and it's some research facility. Oh, 
And that's why I didn't think anything of it. You know, I saw the, the fences and everything, and the little thing came up in the corner that said, blah, blah, research facility. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I wonder if that's the same one that there's a mission where you have to get something from the back of a truck from some kind of place like that. So I wonder if this is the yeah, same thing. I don't know. Yeah. Might be. But yeah, so I, I'm getting a handle on the map. I'm getting a handle on it's. I still need to figure out all the streets. You know, I, I was getting them down because I was doing a lot of driving in the city. <laughs> the- so I was starting to, to know, like, I'm here. And I wouldn't have to look at the map. I'd yeah. be like, okay, go over here and down here and over there and boom, and I'm there. Yeah. Did you? Uh, so I was able to do stuff like did that. Did you find uh, Sunset Boulevard, I'm sure? Because uh, the comedy store is actually there. They called it something else that's no. close, but uh, the comedy store is no. there. There's something that kind of looks like the Saddle Ranch, but it's not. But that, that like train car thing that's just to the right of the Saddle Ranch is actually there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, because I was driving along, wait a second, this is Sunset Boulevard. So I thought that was kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've never really gone past that. You know, we haven't gone very far west from from where the Saddle Ranch is. So I didn't know, coming from that direction, that it was that. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. And I pulled up, and there was the comedy store. (laughs) I was like, holy crap. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... I'm I'm enjoying that more. I just I want to put more time into it, and I'll I'll do the review proper next week. Um, and right now on the store, on the PlayStation Store, is it's all the pieces of the Pac-Man stuff. Yep. And you cannot get it in one big pack, which I'm gonna have to wait for. Actually, they're not gonna do it. I'm telling you, they will. I swear. It shows three maps and three skins. I thought there were more than that listed in the game. Uh, I remember three skins and I thought three new maps. Well, that's what's listed in the store. In the game itself, it has like a little store section, and I thought there were more than that. Maybe a couple of them came with the patch or something. No. Hmm. No, because they're all dark in the game. You know, they're they're there in the menus of the game, but they're all kind of grayed out. Or they just haven't all been released yet. Exactly. Yeah, maybe Which your is pack why is you coming. Can't buy the full pack yet. <laughs> ah, I'm surprised bastards. Namco didn't do it as two separate packs that you have to download individually. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it will be. You're you're gonna get the pack, and then nothing will happen. Then you'll have to go back and download each thing individually. Because <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> Uh yeah, so so I put GTA five aside for a little bit because I had to put I had to play some Hot Wheels World's Best Driver. And I played it for several hours. My like God man. Three, four hours. Um and well I'll tell you about it when I do the review. But okay. it surprised me. There was more going on there than I thought. Actually, to the point that as you play through, it's it's essentially a series of mini games, right? Um, but as you play through these things and you get farther in and you unlock th- this stuff, when you go back to the to like the hub area, yeah, which is this barren area, yeah, all this stuff starts to appear there. Oh, okay, I and all this stuff happen. starts to open up. Yeah, yeah. so that's what it's doing. Um, so that's why I kept. That's another reason why I kept playing. I wanted to 
give it a fair shake and everything. Sure. But I I wanted to see everything else that was going on there. So I'll talk about that in the review. Okay. Um, Skydive Proximity Flight. Which came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it surprised me. Like, I jumped on it because I was like, holy fuck, a skydive game. Give me, yeah. give me. Yeah. Um, because I love those. I, I have a skydiving game for the PS1. I got the Go Sports skydiving on the PS3 from when was that? Like five years ago. Well, there um, was Go. Are you talking about that Go Sports? Yeah, they had the Go skiing Sports. and the skydiving. Yeah, which the the skiing was a lot of fun. We actually had a blast with that game. The skydiving yeah. never really worked. Yeah, the skydiving was not so good, unfortunately. No. But the skiing was a blast. Um, yeah, yeah, the skiing was good. Uh. So, yeah, I mean, if if there's a skydiving video game, I tend to buy it. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about this more in the review. The thing with this one is, though, it's it's not – it's technically not skydiving. Yeah. Uh, you're wearing a wingsuit. Oh, okay. Which I'm not sure if you know what those are or if yeah, for yeah. people who are listening who might not know. Well, if anybody uh, played Call of Duty Black Ops 2, you had to actually fly in one. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I haven't played that yet. Um, so, yeah, what it is, it, you're wearing a suit that has fabric that's that's joined. It, it goes between your legs and between your arms and your torso to like a flying bat is essentially what you turn yourself into. Right. Um, those things, they're really fucking difficult to control. Uh, (laughs) I mean, in real life, in real life, um, you can't, you're not supposed to even be able to use them or or fly with them until you've had a minimum of 200 jumps. Wow. Uh, just regular skydiving jumps. Um, because they're that tricky. And and when you get the, to that point, you're supposed to go through a class uh, with instructors and everything uh, to really – just like when you start skydiving. Yeah. Um, because they are that tricky. It, it, it's essentially the type of thing that if – when you're skydiving, you can flip and turn and everything and you can always right yourself and you're okay. Um, with the wingsuit – if you start to go into a spin or you start to get, you know, out of whack and, and you're kind of off in, in a certain way, because of the, the way that suit fits you and the airflow, you could really get screwed. Oh, yeah. And you could go into a spin and not be able to pull out of it or not not understand how to pull out of it. Uh, so you could really get killed in oh, these yeah. things. And the guys that, that, that do them are fucking insane. Because really, what they do is they allow you to uh, cruise more uh, horizontally. Uh, instead of just dropping straight out of the sky, you can go for distance, uh, like, across instead of just dropping straight. Right. Uh, so what these guys do, they tend to jump off of cliffs in the mountains, and then they fly along the edge of the mountain all the way down... <laughs> to the bottom and they'll skim treetops and they'll skim the edges of the mountain. And there's guys that do it through cities. Yeah. 
I've, did, I've seen through. I've seen videos where I thought they were going to crash. Like yeah. Well, I, I found a video that I'm putting in the review because the review goes up uh, tomorrow morning. That's when the embargo lifts. Oh, cool. Um, so it'll be up when the podcast is up. But the cool thing is uh, with the game, they they consulted three of the world's best uh, wingsuit guys so that they could really get the feel for it. And the video I have that I'm putting in the review is one of the wingsuit, one of those guys. Um, and it's just sick. I mean, you can really see what it's like. It, it, it's insane. He's, I don't know if it's in that video. He does a lot of the mountain stuff in that video, but there was another video of him that I saw. I don't think it's in that one where they're in the, all right. I've seen these things before in real life too. There's a little thing. It looks almost like a go-kart. It's got three wheels Mm -hmm. and an engine on the back with a propeller. (laughs) Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah, on top of it is like a hang glider type wing. Yeah. So there's two of those flying through the skies in above Rio, uh, Rio de Janeiro. And there's two guys flying them, and there's two guys in the back with wingsuits on, and they jump out. And then wingsuit straight down into Rio, right between the buildings. <laughs> <laughs> and freaking land in the middle of Rio. And I'm watching it crap in my pants. I'm like, this is insane. It's absolutely insane. So that's really what this game is. They, there's very little skydiving, per se, uh, like free fall. There isn't really free fall. It's all wingsuit. Okay. And they even they, they barely even do the... Uh, you know, pull pull your ripcord. You're under your canopy, and you land. When you do that, when you pull the ripcord, mm-hmm. there's a button to actually skip the landing. They, just, <laughs> they don't give a shit about the landing. So it's more it's about the experience about the, and not worrying about the the technical stuff. Exactly. Of, you know, oh, you yeah. have to land. The hardest thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's cool though. Um, so I'll talk about. I'll do the like full review of that after the break. So those were what I played. Uh, I watched a shitload of Mama's Family. Obviously. <laughs> and uh, Berlin Job. Okay. Are we so, talking about those after the break, too? Yeah, I'll talk about those after the break. Mama's Family, I will say, fuck, man, that box is gigantic. Well, it's 24 discs or something, that, isn't it? But, I mean, they're they're nicely packed. It's just... They made the the boxes oversized, like it's bigger than it needs to be. Oh, okay. Um, but it comes with like a big booklet in it uh, that's that's got a bunch of stuff. Uh, the discs are each season is in its own like standard DVD slipcase. Sure. Uh, but there's three discs in each. Okay. Uh, three to four, depending on the season. Uh, and then there is a bonus features uh, slipcase, which is two discs. Oh, okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those all together, pretty much are in this thing. Cool. Um, but it's it's really nice packaging. I mean, compared to like the Married with Children complete set, <laughs> which is just one big spindle with twenty four discs uh, on it. Or 40-some discs. Or, yeah. Whatever it has. It's yeah. an insane amount. That's garbage. 
I, oh yeah, the the married with children one was horrendous because, I mean, first of all, because they couldn't get love and marriage from Frank Sinatra's well shitty relatives. They probably could, but they didn't want to. Uh, I have a feeling I, that's what it was. I had read that the heirs of Frank Sinatra were were furious that that was ever used in such a horrible show. Frank and, knew they were using it for the show. He was alive when the show started. And now he's dead. Yeah. And he has no say in it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so his family is trying to protect his legacy, and who we don't want to associate with that garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, only so one of the best it, comedies ever on television. Uh, exactly. So they made it near impossible to use. So they have. Uh, the, it sucks all the DVDs, but do, do they remember um, that Frank was in Cannibal Run two? Uh, do, do they don't remember that? Uh, and they're probably trying to get that erased from history as well. Kind of like E.T. Um, on DVD originally, where they took all the guns yeah. out and put walkie-talkies in their hands. Exactly. <laughs> um, but the Mama's Family box set, it's, it's a, it's, the packaging is beautiful. Cool. Um, and the picture quality is great. Really? Considering. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. It really, really is. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, I expected it to be really bad. Uh, like a lot of the bonus stuff, depending on the quality, the the quality of it or the age of it, you know, it's a little shaky. But a lot of the bonus stuff even looks good too. Wow, that's uh, cool. So, yeah, they they did a really good job. But do more of that after the break. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what I played and saw. Okay. Uh, so I didn't get to play a ton this week because I've just been really busy and stuff, but. Uh, played some more BF3 with the guys, just got on because the Battlefield 4 beta comes out tomorrow morning. Uh, so played some more of that, though. Uh, I actually put a PS Nation server up, uh, so uh, we're going to have that up for the rest of the month for Battlefield 3 since Battlefield 4 comes out on, like, October, I think it's, like, 27th or 28th, something like that. Uh, so we're going to leave that up for the whole month. Just do a search. It's PS Nation. I, there should be a space in the name unless they do something weird with it. Uh, but right now it's just got a... A Conquest-only rotation running. I uh, made a few of the other guys' admins on there so they can actually change the rotation every now and then. Uh, so we're going to mix it up, and, and we're going to have some DLC stuff running on there, that kind of thing. But I uh, put the server up yesterday, and I, I mean, it filled up right away. It was crazy. So we had a blast. And uh, now Two Hands Revy, if they ever allow PSN names to be changed, his new name is going to be Four Hands Revy. But you can ask him why. Uh, <laughs> he was telling us a story. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that, God, I love that game. I uh, played uh, Rain, but you'll hear about that after the break. Uh, but actually, uh, I got a good story about that, but I'll do it when I do the review. Uh, and then uh, the Apocalypse map pack came out for Black Ops 2 uh, this last week. So I threw that on, and uh, like I said, I feel kind of obligated to at least play it and talk about it a little bit since they gave us the season pass for it. So... Um, this is four new maps and a new zombie map, which obviously I'm not going to play the zombie thing, but uh, th- there's four maps. Two of them are actually remakes like the last one, and there's two new maps. So, uh, <clears throat> But the remakes this time I think are a little bit better. They're better maps to remake, and uh, they're good. The, the layouts for all four of the, uh, of the maps is good. I didn't have a, you know one of them where I was like, screw this map. Uh, I actually streamed it today. It was kind of funny. I've, I've never really messed with... The built-in streaming that's on Black Ops 2. I tried it once and it didn't. I couldn't really figure out how to get it to work, but they've patched it like crazy, and it works beautifully now. Uh, you can actually just set it up for YouTube or for Twitch, 
and set it up on Twitch today. I was just kind of dick around after work because I wanted to get some more playtime with the maps and streamed it up for quite a while. And then I had these two douchebag kids in the chat like, you suck, you suck. And I banned them both. Fuck them. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I had a really good time with it today and, and uh, I never really got too overly frustrated except for one map, uh, which I think I was just on a bad connection because the whole thing about Black Ops 2 especially, and I've, I've had this complaint for a while now with the games, but... You know, the client-side prediction on, on that just gets so wonky when, when somebody's got a bad connection to it. And it, it was very evident today in a couple of the maps. Uh, but there was another one where I think I went like – I put a picture up on Twitter like 56 and 13 or something. I just had this insane ma- match. So um, the maps are good though. It, it's actually – it's definitely a better pack than the last one that came out. Uh, all four maps are a lot of fun. Uh, Takeoff is the one that's actually kind of a remake of um, – uh, the stadium map from the first Black Ops. It was the, in the first Strike DLC, which was a really big DLC thing that came out last year, or the, on the last game. And then there's an adaptation of Courtyard, which they redid, but uh, both remakes are really well done, and, and the two new maps are a lot of fun. The layouts are great. The last one where they had that like skate park and everything, I just I hated it. So... Uh, this one's this one's good, and so if you're if you're still playing the game, it's funny. Like somebody else on Twitter uh, was like, "Oh, Black Ops Two, that, that's been over for a long time." Blah blah blah. And I took a picture that I think there were like 119,000 people on at like two in the afternoon on a Monday. Yeah, so I, I wrote back, and in my mind, I had uh, Blazing Saddles where they have the paddles with the ball on them, and the governor's like, "Mine's broken," and Harvey yeah. or Harvey Corman grabs it right again, sir, and he's just boom, boom, boom. So that's what I, I wrote back to him. I'm like, right again. <clears throat> that's it's over. That's crazy. I wonder how long. I, I forgot about that. I wonder how long he actually practiced that. I know. Well, there because, are some people I mean, that are really good with those things. My well, dad was always good is, with them. See, I always sucked at that thing. But this is like in the in the days before digital trickery. I and mean, that's, that's him. He's doing that. <laughs> And he just, I don't know. I don't yeah. get it. Uh, no, my dad was always really good with those. I think my uncle, too, if I remember right. Because, yeah. of course, you and I are young enough that we actually had those for toys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, a uh, ball on a string that, that's attached to a cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, it, I mean, it, it's good. I don't know if I'll go back and play it very much more. but Because, uh, like I said, I'm at 55 right now, and I'm not going to respec. It's, the game is just, you know, Ghost is coming out in a couple months. I'm not going to respect. So, like, so one one dude was giving me shit because I'm my kid. I had, uh, there's like a, there's a, a scope that will actually kind of indicate a player with like a heat signature. And people think it's cheating if you're using that. And I forgot I even had that on there. And the dude's like on the chat, like, oh, look at him cheating, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ban. So, welcome to my channel. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so eh, I played it, and, and it, it's definitely better than the last one, but everybody's looking forward to Ghost nowadays, I'm sure. God, I hope they redo that the mechanics in that game. I'm sure they're not. Like, today I was even nitpicking, like, when somebody would get shot in the head, there was nothing on the character that, you know, no texture change whatsoever. Uh, you see, like, a little spurt of blood come out, and that's about it. I mean, it's it's such a sloppy design when you really think about it, but it, it's got those key elements, the really, really fast frame, frame rate and the ridiculous hitbox. So mm. where I can shoot a guy in the knee three times and he's dead. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, 
played. Oh, this is funny. So for Plus, we got Rayman Origins on the Vita for free. And I downloaded it, and I was sitting in the hotel room last week, and I ended up playing for like two hours straight. Just sat down and started playing. I'm like, well, I've already played this game on the, on the PS3, and I'm just playing it, and it looks so retina-meltingly gorgeous on the Vita screen. Yeah, it does. And I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it. It's such a fantastic game. So, yeah, if you have Plus and you got it for free, don't let it just sit there. Grab it and play it. it it's truly phenomenal. Uh, one of the best games on the Vita, honestly. And it's the same game as the PS3 one. Uh, the only thing that really gets added is that you can do the pinch thing to zoom in and out. You know, the multi-touch pinch. That's yeah. the only difference. But, oh, man, what a great game. And then uh, practicing for our Star Wars pinball stream tomorrow, Tuesday, today. We're going to be streaming the Starfighter Assault Table, uh, which the details will be coming out Tuesday morning uh, instead of Monday like last time. But uh, this this is the second out of the three new tables for the Balance of the Force uh, DLC pack. And I'm hooked on it. Uh, out of the three tables, this is my favorite by far. Uh, it, it Because of the Ewoks? <clears throat> what is it? No, it's actually all Starfighter stuff, but <laughs> there's actually, you know, they, they've done some of these in the past on some of the other Star Wars tables. Uh, like the original Star Wars table, they did the thing where you're doing the lightsaber training on the Millennium Falcon, and it never worked. I hate that one so much. This one, and you'll see it on the stream tomorrow, hopefully. I should be able to unlock both of them now. I've, I've gone off on that table. There's one where you get three X-Wings, and it goes overhead, and it's almost like Galaga. Like the Galaga bonus stages, where TIE fighters come up, and then there's asteroids flying at you that are trying to hit you as well and blow up your X-Wings. And you have to get 40 TIE fighters, like in Galaga uh, in the special stage. So you're doing that, and then there's another one <clears throat> where it's the attack on... So this, uh, I, I want to say it's the attack on the second Death Star, but it might be the first. I have to look again. But it reminded me so much of like Star Wars Arcade, the really good one. Not the old uh, wireframe mm. one, but the really good one, where you're flying around. You're actually flying around in, a, in an X-wing, blowing up Tie Fighters and flying through Star Destroyers and Corellian, uh, Corellian cruisers and all kinds of shit. And what you're doing is with the bumpers, you're controlling left and right, and then you fire with X or with the you know the the launch uh, the right stick. And it's awesome. It's, it's so good. Uh, it's called, uh, I think it's Lone Survivor or Lone Pilot. Lone Pilot, I think it's called. But it's, I mean, I was watching, like, this is awesome. And and the thing is, it uses some of the really good, uh, very tense, very uh, uh, kind of staccato music from, from Star Wars. You know, the, when you're attacking the Death Star, it's using a lot of that music. And it's just so... Uh, it's so fast and furious that it really gets you into the game a lot more than some of the other tables. Um, but like all of the challenges that are in it are great. They're a lot of fun. There's a lot of gameplay in it, a lot of flow. Uh, it's, it's very combo heavy again, but it's very skills based as well. But if you can get into a rhythm and you can figure out where you need to hit it to go up certain ramps at certain times, uh, you're going to have a blast with this. And, and I put up a monster score my first playthrough on the new build. Uh, so they just sent me the build that's what's called the release candidate. So this is the build that they just they gave to Sony to try to get through QA and everything. So that would be the final one unless they find a bug. And it's funny because the earlier build I had was just crashing constantly because it's, it was like a really old alpha. And I was noticing on the old build that like I could 
get into this really ridiculous rhythm. And I think what was happening was they didn't have the physics done on it. And you could pretty much, they, they kind of had it set up to cheat to go to the certain lanes automatically. Because I was telling them, like, I don't think this is right. I, I said, I keep, and I showed him a video. I'm like, see, watch what, what's happening here. So Mel got me the the new build, and he's, he said it's the release candidate. And it's, man, it's awesome. It's really tight. It's really solid. Um, I really do think this is the best out of the three, honestly. Because the Vader table, which we'll see next week, is a crazy table, but it, it's really high gravity. Uh, very, very fast table. And uh, I think this one's put put together a little bit better, though. But yeah, the pack is cool though. It's I like them. So we'll we'll be doing the uh, live stream again at it's 4 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, Bobby from Zen is going to be in the chat again to answer any questions anybody has. And uh, yeah, the last time we we did it, it was it was great. I'm hoping tomorrow that I can take some time to actually get the the uh, the live chat in the video window. So when you watch the replay, you can watch the chat. So I'm going to see if I can get that working tomorrow. I know it's possible. I just got to figure it out. But yeah, uh, it's going to be a blast tomorrow. And thanks to everybody that came out for the stream last week. It was it was awesome. Like nobody was a d bag. Everybody was having a great time. We had a great turnout. Uh, Bobby said the chat was awesome. There were some really great questions. So uh, very happy with everybody that uh, we got that done. So, but don't miss this one seriously. Uh, and then I watched. <clears throat> I actually watched a Torchwood thing. Really? I did. So BBC America, I think it's like a mini series right now. It's called Miracle Day. And holy shit, there's like all Actually, these people I know in it. Yeah, Miracle Day, that was the one I haven't seen yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say it. too much about the story, but like Bill Pullman's in it and, and uh, what was it Omar Epps or I can't remember which one it is, but uh, and, and the guy that plays the bad guy on, on uh, I'm going to say Archer, on Arrow. Uh, John Arrow, yeah, John, John Barrowman, yeah, and he's in it, you know, and there's all these actors the that I know. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, uh, but I just, it was on BBC America, I'm like, alright, I'm gonna watch an episode, and it was cool, I, I, I'm actually interested, so now I'm like, well, now I'm gonna have to watch it from the beginning, so, uh, I, I enjoyed it, I, it, it's a really neat story that they're doing with this Miracle Day thing, and, and um, it's a pretty messed up situation, so, I was enjoying it. Oh, yeah, I, the way they, the way they ended it, I, the way they ended the the series before that, uh, because it was weird. Like they did, I think two full seasons of Torchwood. Yeah, and then that seemed to be it. And then they did Children of Earth, which was like a little mini series, like a little four episode arc type thing. Yeah, and then that seemed to be the end because of the way it ended. And then all of a sudden, Miracle Day came along, which was like a little arc as well. So. Yeah. Uh, the, that show is, you know, it's it's there, it's not there, it's it's kind of weird. Um, is it up on Netflix at all, or is there anywhere to stream it? Or I don't do know. By the discs? Like, I have the Blu-rays upstairs, mm. uh, because they were all super cheap on Amazon at some point in the past couple of years, so okay. I grabbed them. Um, I think maybe I never got Miracle Day. Maybe it was before Miracle Day came out, and that's why I don't have it. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll have to look. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it spun off of Doctor Who. They did one of the one entire season with uh, David Tennant. Oh, cool! Uh, was pushing Torchwood like that? There was there was always that was in the background, and they he kept running into Torchwood here and there throughout history. Uh, you actually saw the origins of Torchwood, which the Doctor is directly responsible for. 
uh, oddly enough, um, because of a run-in he had with the Queen back in the 1700s or 1800s in in England. Um, so it's cool. Like they set everything up, and and Jack, Captain Jack, uh, John Barrowman's character yeah. was he was a character from the first season of Doctor Who. Well, he was, he was a companion, right? No. Oh, no. okay. Uh, he's, he was just a, a character, like a recurring character um, that oh, would show okay. up every now and then. And he showed up in the first season of Doctor Who with, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember the guy's name, <laughs> who was in 28 Days Later as the crazy uh, military guy. Um, but he was the doctor for the first season. Uh, and wait, was he in the first season? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching the new ones. No, he definitely was. He was in the very first season, and then he showed up again several times uh, in the next couple seasons, and then Torchwood spun off and became its own thing, uh, which was cool. I mean, it was much more adult. Uh, than Doctor Who, and it was aimed really at more at adult audiences, yeah, uh, which gave it a, a different feel. And and the thing was, they were they were killing off characters in that left and right, which huh. pissed a lot of people off. So I don't I don't know if that's why it just kind of fell apart or, or what happened there. Um, but you know, I enjoyed it while it was on. Uh, it was just it. It had its own thing. It was it was a very much a different vibe, um, but uh, I, I liked it. It was good. Children of Earth was actually awesome. Hmm. Uh, I thought that was really really good. Uh, it was really emotional. Really a tough storyline, um, but they they did a great job with it. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, I'll have to I, check that I have out. To yeah. See that. Yeah, yeah I have to see that last one, but um, yeah, so, you should uh, if you get a chance. I don't want you to tell me anything about it, but I, I'm just asking the question: Do they ever explain why he's wearing like a World War One uniform or World War Two? Um, well, that that harkens back to his first appearance, really, on Doctor okay. Who. Okay, uh, and they they do briefly sort of try to explain it uh, in either Torchwood or Doctor Who. I can't remember which. Because yeah, when when the doctor first meets him, he's there in World War Two. Okay. Uh, during the Blitz, the the Blitz of London, uh, the bombings and everything. But they immediately find out that he's not even supposed to be there. He's from the future, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> so, like everything, everything goes sideways right from the beginning. And he's always been this sort of weird, mysterious character that has this odd past. And you don't know, and he actually, if you've seen, you, see, you have to watch all of Doctor Who because they did an amazing arc with his story and where he ends up. Because at some point, something happens to him there in the first season uh, where he gets he gets hit with this with something, and essentially he can't die. Mm. So he gets killed, and he comes back. And he gets killed, and he comes back. What the frick? And and it just keeps happening. Um, but they, you know, he wonders if if he'll ever die, and what's ever going to happen. 
Well, there was an episode of Doctor Who where they touch upon that. Okay. Uh, where you see him far, far, far in the future. And it's really, really cool the way they do it. Because hmm. you don't even see it coming. And it just comes out of nowhere and you're like, no. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's one of those where it, where it just hits you sideways. And you're just like, no fucking way. Did they just do that? Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, they... They played with that character really well across uh, across both series, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'll have to that's why put when, that on my video back, backlog. Yeah, that's why when he popped up in uh, Arrow, I was like, oh, sweet. John Barrowman, because he's, he's a fun actor. He's, he, you know, he's good. He's got a lot of charisma. I mean, he pulls yeah. off the character in Arrow so well, and... The one episode I watched of this Torchwood Miracle Day, he was awesome. So, I, yeah. It, yeah. I, I mean, that was actually half of what I was enjoying was the performances from the people they had in it. And, and there were so many uh, recognizable character, people in this. You know, a lot of Americans. I mean, freaking Newman's in it. <laughs> Newman from Seinfeld. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, he was right. I was like, whoa. Hello, Newman. So, yeah, it was pretty – I mean, there there are quite a few people that are recognizable in it. And, and – uh, Maybe that's one thing that pulled me in too. So, very cool. Uh, and then uh, a couple, a couple other things. So, I got this package the other day from a listener. I, well, I opened it up and I found out it's from a listener. And uh, to say thank you for what we do and everything. Of course, you don't get this, but uh, this is from Tony. Oh, of boy, course, this last name is crazy. Yeah, you get all the Blu-rays sent to you. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> okay, Mister Dean Martin Roast. You got one too. Not yet. Well, you'll get one. <laughs> uh, from Tony, oh boy, this last name, Dowlin. He His writing's kind of, well, I'm, my reading's bad. But uh, from Tony, and he uh, said a little thank you for uh, the, boy, I can't read his at all. The many it's alcohol, isn't the it? The many hours of podcast pleasure. I hope you enjoy it. He basically wanted me to find out about this show. And I think it's a European show, uh, kind of a, a mockumentary, and it's called Operation Good Guys from from Great Britain, from the BBC. Mm. So I haven't watched it yet, uh, but it's a series from over in, in Europe, the Europe land. And it's a, they say it's a superbly straight-faced spoof documentary. And it looks like it's cops. I can't really tell from the pictures. Nah, I don't, maybe it's not cops. I don't know. So thank you, sir. Thank you so much. And I'll loan this to you, Josh, as well when I get through it so you can see it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you won't have time to see it. You're watching Mama's Family. It's 130 <laughs> episodes, man. It is. And all right. Disclaimer, I didn't watch all 130 episodes to <laughs> well, review I don't think this. you need to because you're not reviewing <laughs> yeah. the show itself. You're reviewing the, the, the Yeah, DVD exactly. Show. <laughs> yeah, so uh, nice little surprise. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. This is a show I've not heard of. I think I might have heard of it before, but I really didn't know anything about it. I've heard, I've heard people saying like, oh, yeah, Operation Good Guys, it's funny. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this. I, I'm actually going to probably going to rip it and put it on my tablet so I can watch it when I'm on the road. But very awesome. So thank you, sir. Uh, last but not least, uh, we actually got a new prize for our Extra Life raffle, but they sent two of them. They sent one for me to review and one to put in the prize pool uh, from Steel Series. So they sent us a Siberia v- uh, V2 headphones. This is the cross-platform headphones they brought out. And not ready for the full review yet, but I, I just kind of want to give a little bit of overview on them. And uh, basically, 
they're a lot more like something you would get from Turtle Beach, where they don't use optical audio, unfortunately. So if you have if you want to use these for the PS4, they're not going to work. So they plug in with the uh, the red and white audio cables, you know, the RCA cables. Uh, great sound uh, when you're using them. The nice thing is they work with the 360, they work with the PS3, they work with PC, they work with Mac, and all the stuff. So they're they're very cross cross platform. And actually, I've been using them more for PC play when I was playing Battlefield 3 and I was messing around on all the platforms except for the 360 because where's my 360? Oh, okay. Because uh, <laughs> I haven't had that thing turn on forever. So, uh, But good, really good sound. The cool thing is they actually have a microphone and the microphone kind of pushes up into the headphones if you don't want to use them. So not rigid oh, like cool. the, the, the Sony ones, but it just kind of pulls out and it's real flexible and the microphone seems to have pretty good... Uh, pretty good quality and everything. So the problem is, like I said, if you want them for PS4, these aren't the headphones for you, obviously. SteelSeries does have something that's going to be announced, I believe, in November that you really do probably want to get excited about. I got to play around with the packs, and I can't say anything about them yet, but uh, they've got some stuff coming out that is pretty badass. So this is a bunch of ex-Motorola uh, engineers because they're, you know, Motorola, one of their big headquarters is down in the Chicago area. And a lot of these guys that left Motorola went here, and their their design they're doing on the new stuff is insane. So uh, I'll do a full review on them on and on the website. I might even do a video for that, like I did with the Pulse. Uh, but so far, I mean, they're they're good. I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna be worth the 120 bucks they ask for them though. So we'll see. But yeah, so thanks to SteelSeries for sending those over, and we do have one as a prize in the prize pool as well, and they're nice. I mean, I could I could see using them quite a bit, especially for PC gaming if I need headphones. So they're nice. All right. Oh my God, we're gonna be at hundred minutes, so hour and forty minutes for our first break or for our break. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more extra life. Uh, five reviews and four emails. Uh, so be ready, kids. Strap in. This is going to be a long show. We will be right back.
we're back. And guess what I forgot to talk about? The uh, the thing that I've been spending so much time on, the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. I totally forgot to talk about it because we were just in a God. groove. And I'm an idiot. So I watched the first two discs. Uh, there's a lot of discs in here. It's like six, I think, or something. One, two, three. Yeah, it's like six or seven. Um, oh, one, two. Oh, it's six. Okay. So... This is something that I truly, truly loved when I was younger. Uh, and, I mean, this was – it's not like the roast you see today on Comedy Central where it's kind of forced and it's Comedy Central kind of using them their power to you know show us some new comedians and everything else. This was like – Dean Martin had a variety show and they kind of used – that format to do these roasts and so like the first one was bob hope so they're roasting bob hope and up on the dais they have like jimmy stewart and freaking like uh don rickles and just all these greats of the time i mean there were a couple where frank sinatra was even sitting in on these things and they roasted frank ones too uh ronald reagan was there because he was governor of the state for some reason barry goldwater senator from arizona uh, who ran for the presidency. But Barry Goldwater was like, like on three or four of these. I don't understand it. <laughs> Although he he did the Johnny Carson one, and he was really funny on the Carson one. But even back in the day, it's like it's like today. If, if it's not a comedian up there, all the comedians actually write all the material for these other people. Yeah. But the thing is, they had so many people on the dais, and it was only an hour long. So they would heavily, heavily edit them. So, like, one person would get up and give, like, one joke, and they walk off, like, wait a second, what the? <laughs> so, they would edit them down, and they do that on the Comedy Central one, too. I think I think they go, like, three or four hours in the Comedy Central once, and they cut them down to, like, 90 minutes. But yeah. it's so cool, and the, and the funny thing is, I mean, everybody kind of knows now that Dean Martin always acted like he was drunk, but a lot of times he was actually just drinking apple juice. But for these, you can tell he's just hammered. He can barely read the cue cards, he's... <laughs> And then you got Foster Brooks up there, you know, the king of the of the drunk guys, who it, he was always acting. But you know, you got Foster Brooks up there, and just it, I have a smile on my face the entire time I'm watching these things. And uh, Jimmy Stewart is it's it's so funny because he's so freaking funny. And uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, Lucille Ball up there, and like all these great names. And um, so anyway. I, it's really cool so far. The quality is actually really good for, for when these things were done. And uh, the cool thing is, I, on the first disc at least, there were a bunch of different uh, extras. So they actually did these interviews with a bunch of guys or a bunch of people like Carol Burnett and, um, oh gosh, uh, Rickles they talked to quite a bit. And a lot of the guys that are still alive that were doing these. And, and Carol Burnett like told this really touching story about Lucille Ball. And how Lucy basically helped her get her start and, and uh, how Lucy used to send her balloons every year on her birthday. And Lucille Ball hey, actually... It's my birthday. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> how Carol had just seen her a couple of days before she died and Lucille died on Carol's birthday. And later that day, balloons arrived. Hmm. So it was like this really poignant thing, but... Some awesome, awesome stories just in the extras already, and they, they show like some behind-the-scenes stuff. And then there's also uh, the show that they tried to do, and I, don't, I, I need to read up on it, but it was called Dean's Place. He had a, like he had a nightclub, and it was almost like the stuff you see today to a certain extent where he had a couple of comedians on there, and then it was some variety stuff. So, you know, like Foster Brooks showed up all drunk and being the drunk guy at the bar, and uh, then they had Sherman Helmsley show up and, and – uh, <laughs> 
what's her name that played his wife? Like they show it up, but they weren't in character. Wheezy. Wheezy, yeah. Nice. Well, Wheezy was there. I, I can't remember her real name though. Isabel Sanford? Isabel Sanford, I think it was. Yeah. But like all these skits that they were doing and, and then they had the dancers come out, you know, and I mean this is early seventies and just this crazy ass variety show and the two comedians they had on, the guys were actually kind of funny still, but they were so dated, you know. And I've never heard of these guys before, and I've never heard of them again. Because I was kind of hoping, like, maybe they have a comedian on that's still around, you know, or, you know, like a Dom Herrera or something. But, eh, no. <laughs> but it was just so weird to see this. And, and you know, like Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan, it's after he was done being governor. And they're, like, sitting there in the crowd. And, and it, it was just so surreal. Because, <laughs> I don't know. Because they were making fun of him. Uh, I guess Ronald Reagan did this big... 46 state tour that they made fun of him in the Carson uh, I think it was the Carson roast and they said oh, I've never seen a politician tour 46 states to tell you that you're not going to run for president oh wait <laughs> so I mean it was just it was crazy shit like that but uh, it's funny because nobody swears in these you know and nowadays you watch these roasts and half of it's bleeped out because that's where comedy's yeah. gone now but uh, just some of the these just Great, great jokes like red buttons. Man, what a genius! I mean, the guy was a great actor. He was a great dramatic actor, but man, was he funny! And he was kind of that focal point on a lot of these roasts when he started because he's not in the first couple of them. But man, I mean, Rickles as always is awesome, and uh, Jimmy Stewart flat out hilarious. The, the guy just his delivery was perfect. His timing is perfect. And you never really get to see Jimmy Stewart do much comedy in, in movies, you know. And John Wayne and like all these huge stars, just so freaking awesome. And this set is forty five bucks on Amazon, and I mean you're getting like twelve hours of material. It's awesome. So I'm gonna watch the rest and then do the full review. But I think it's gonna be a good one. Uh, well, you, yeah, you just about did the whole review. <laughs> I know. At this point. It's, but I mean, this set alone has the roast of Bob Hope, Johnny Carson, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Jack Benny, Lucille Ball, Dean Martin, Kirk Douglas, when he was still young and had, like, not all gray hair, Michael Landon, uh, Jackie Gleason, which I skipped ahead and watched that one. Holy crap. Uh, Roasted Don Rickles, Joan Collins, and there's a ton of extra stuff in here, a lot of rich little stuff, a lot of... Wow. Rich Little got up, and actually, this is the last thing I'll do. Rich Little got up, and he actually uh, gets this list out when they were roasting Johnny Carson. And he says, a lot of people have, like, you know, a few different ticks or whatever else that, that an impersonation, uh, tr- somebody that does impersonations tries to pick up on. <clears throat> and he said, Johnny Carson has 26. And he read through them all. And when he was doing all the stuff, you could see Carson kind of put his hand here, and all of a sudden he got really self conscious about it, and he like <laughs> started freaking out. He's like, ah! <laughs> but he just to see the look on his face when Rich Little was doing this, and Rich Little was so young when he was doing these roasts. I mean, he was like really, really young. I think in his early twenties. And that's one of the uh, when they're doing all the interviews, they talk to him a ton, and he talks about how you know they basically gave him a chance to do it, but then he talked about. Um, uh, uh, Milton Berle, how insecure he was and everything. And, and, you know, he was telling stories about that. So it's, man, it's so cool. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to get through it. <laughs> so anyway, on to the reviews. <laughs> All right, you got to tell me about review. this. Just give it a score. 
I haven't watched. I haven't. I haven't even gotten halfway through it yet. So I gotta. I do gotta get that far at least. I think. But so far, I'm all right. I am seriously. So I'm wait. So I have to watch another forty mamas families. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a little bit different because I'll watch these when I'm working. So because I'm home all week. All right. Anyway, you got it. All right, Hot Wheels. Let's let's hear it. Let's hear how Hot awesome Wheels, it is. World's best driver. God. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, all right. Think of it as a series of mini games because that's essentially all this is. Yep. Uh, you pick a team. Uh, they're color coded. The green team is super fast. The blue team is high tech. The yellow team is powerful. And the red team is outrageous, like Jem. <laughs> Truly outrageous. Yeah. So what you do, you pick your team, and then you have a series of trials uh, that you have to go through. Uh, you have to. You have three trials, uh, and you can get... Uh, I forget where... It's medals. Uh, you get medals, uh, like gold, silver, bronze, essentially. But they don't really have that. It's just one, two, or three medals. Uh, and you have to have a certain number of medals to unlock the second stage and then the third stage. So there's six stages altogether. There's 18 events per team, uh, essentially. So there's 18 different trials for the yellow team, for the red team, for the blue, for the green. Uh, The cool thing is, this is one of the only times I'm going to say cool thing in this (laughs) this review. Um, The cool thing is, each team has their own thing. Like I said, yellow is powerful. So right. all their events are based around that. Uh, they're the ones with the big monster truck that your event is crushing things. Uh, and, you know, one of your other events is... Oh, uh, what else did yellow have? Um, Nobody cares, Josh. Nobody cares. Yeah. All right. Well... <laughs> Probably, yeah. But they've all got their own things. Um, because blue is precision or whatever they are. You know, you've you've ride up the side of a wall and you have to drift uh, to come down the ramp on the other side, uh, like halfway across the wall. Um, you have a lot of motorcycle events uh, with the blues where you're on these narrow pathways and you have to uh, hit all these checkpoints. Um, which would be cool, but the controls are not great, uh, especially with the motorcycles. It can be really a pain oh, in the God, ass. Oh, God, I didn't even get to the motorcycles. After that first um, hill, I was already ready to kill somebody. Well, it, it took me a little time to figure out uh, with the motorcycles, because I'd hit the checkpoint, and then I'd have to turn around. And you go to back up, and it takes him forever to put his feet down and then slowly walking back up, oh back God. up, back up. Well, then I realized after a couple times, you have a button to jump, essentially, mm. to just sort of hop the bike a little bit so you can get over barriers or whatever you have to get over. Um, well, you can also do that and flip your bike around. You know, you can, you can be facing one way, hit the hop button, and turn the stick, and mm. you'll flip around 180 degrees, essentially. Okay. Um, 
So I did that on one of the events and I got right up these platforms and got all my checkpoints like that. I got it super quick. I was like, holy crap. Hmm. Look at that. that really wasn't that hard. Um, but that's the thing. You know, you, you kind of have to figure it out. Uh, the controls, they're not that great um, either way. Uh, it's kind of neat because you have a series of different events. The red team is a lot of fun. Um, because the red team, you're doing, there's all kinds of ramps and things where you're doing jumps and spins and you're just, that's how you're getting points. It's almost like, uh, snowboarding with the half pipe, uh, and all your points and all the things you're trying to hit are way up in above the, the half pipe essentially. Okay. So you're going back and forth on this thing and spinning your car in midair and hitting all these things in the air to get points and coming down and landing it, going up the other side. It's it's crazy. It's chaos. Hmm. Um, you hit one that's on the deck of the aircraft carrier where <sighs> I there's half pipes. Oh, yeah, okay. There's half pipes. There's jumps. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. So the red team is actually a lot of fun to play. Um, so as you play all these events and as you unlock all these things, you're also unlocking stuff back in that hub. You start off in this little hub area, which is kind of barren, kind of ugly. It's like a big sort of aircraft base type thing. Um, but it is so barren because it all starts to fill in as you unlock these things. Uh, it'll fill in a whole set of platforms and ramps and everything that you can take a motorcycle up on. Uh, and you can just mess around. You can practice. You can do whatever. Uh, it also sets up two big-ass loop-de-loop uh, orange track, Hot Wheels orange track things uh, that you can run through. Uh, it unlocks all these doorways that are kind of hidden around the area that are sort of buried down in these, uh, these ramps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go into those doorways and you drive underneath the place and then there's a huge circular test track underneath uh, that you can mess around in. Hmm. So there, it does open up and unlock a bunch of stuff that I didn't expect at all. Um, it's not a great looking game. <laughs> um, and there's not a lot to it. I mean, really, it's a matter of, you know, do you want to try to get the best time? Do you want to get the three medals? Do you want to push yourself to really do this? Or do you just go, I can't deal with this. <laughs> and you just drop it. Um, but I did, you know, I got a ton of medals, got all the way through the green track, uh, got part way through the red and the yellow and the blue to test them all out or all the way through the blue and then part way through the others. Um, it's, it's decent. It's not great. Uh, it's obviously, you know, the, the graphics aren't that great. They're, no. they're like high end PS2 with some PS3 lighting here and there. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, sparingly. Yeah. I, and the sun is shining and you get some cool lighting every now and then, but not, not that much. No. Um, yeah, a lot of it doesn't just doesn't look all that great. No. Uh, like I said, it doesn't control all that well. Um, it's a mediocre game. You know, it, it has its moments, uh, depending on which team you decide to, to play as. 
but for the most part, there's there's just not much fun there. Uh, more frustration than fun, I would say. <laughs> um, uh, I'm I'm giving it a five. Wow. Um, so so far, I think I've been right on like five things tonight. What? Well, I've just been it's it's just been a series of Glenn being right. Uh, it's bask in it while you can. It's rare, man. No, no, no. Yeah. No. No, you are wrong, sir. Yeah, it is. No. It is. It's okay. All right. Well, tell us about uh tell us more about the skydive game cuz uh Okay. Like I said, that came out of nowhere and we were all like, "What the hell?" Yeah. So Skydive Proximity Flight. This is a PSN title. Uh, it's expensive for a PSN title. It's twenty bucks. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that kind of surprised me because I I didn't see that. I played it. I played a lot of it, and then I went in. I was looking for more information on it because I was starting to write stuff up, and then I found the price, and I was like, "Whoa, really?" Ooh. Ooh. And I'm not sure how that would affect a score. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, so, like I was explaining before the break and everything, it's more that you're using these wingsuits, um, which is different than skydiving. It's, it's a very different experience. Uh, so, uh, what you get there is a bunch of different modes... Um, you have challenges, adrenaline race, and free fall. Okay. Essentially, uh, the challenges there's twelve of them, and you have kind of like I don't know if I should compare it to this. Kind of like in Lair, <laughs> in the training missions where you have the like the circles in the sky sure. that you have to fly through. Sure. You have that. I mean, they're gates essentially, but they're they're just sort of shimmering circles at the sky that you have to make your way through and it'll be a series of like four or five in a row and then you've got clear sky and up ahead you'll see four or five more and you have to aim for those so that's the point you're trying to get to each of these sets of gates and go through them all uh, to gain points while you're doing that, you can pull off all kinds of stunts. Uh, you can do backflips and forward flips, uh, barrel rolls. Uh, you essentially have to... Uh, this is all... I, I forgot to mention this. This is all motion control. Right. So if you're using the the, the DualShock, it's all six axis. Oh, so it actually uses the DualShock because I thought it was move yes. only. No. Okay. Well, you can use either. Um, if you use... Uh, the the dual shock it's all six axis controls and it's tight it's beautiful okay uh, and i i had said this way way back when when they were doing those early games all those early games with the six axis when it's done right it's awesome but early on especially not many developers got it right right <laughs> and it just everybody was like ah these motion controls suck uh it's just because they didn't do it right. They do it right here. You really have the feel for it. You really have fine control over uh, your skydiver, and you need it in a game like this. Because if you don't have that fine control, you're going right into the side of the mountain. Yep. Um, so 
when you use the move controllers, you need two. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, because you're holding them down at your sides, just like you would be when you're, when you're falling. You're holding your arms down and slightly out. Right. Uh, you pull them in tight to speed up. That's, that's your adrenaline boost, they're calling it. Um, but that's where you would pull your arms and legs in to just dive like an arrow almost. Hmm. Um, when you want to do flips and spins and stuff like that, you have to raise them up. Uh, I will say, <laughs> the move controls, they take a lot of getting used to, and it's much harder. Hmm. Than the six axis. That actually makes sense though, because the six axis is made to be in both hands. Yeah, you know, um, and they work. They both work really well, uh, but uh, the move controls will really—they'll—they'll they'll make you work. They'll really make you work to to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the six axis is tight. Works great. Uh, it's it's actually really easy for that. You know, you're you're guiding your character with with the movements of of the the controller, and when you hold down the X button and twist and tilt and turn, that's when you're doing all the acrobatic moves and flips and spins and whatever else. Okay. Um. So, uh, you've got your roots. You're you're trying to get all these points and everything, and then land after the fact. You know, that's. It's one of those, oh yeah, land, whatever. <laughs> um, it, it does have like a rewind feature. So if you slam into the side of the mountain, uh, you can hold down the, the circle button and it'll rewind and give you a chance to sort of alter your course before you get into that area and slam into the side of the mountain. Sure. Um, you have a number of different characters to choose from, which is pretty cool. Uh, one of them is wearing a flying squirrel suit, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> it just it looks great. <laughs> the adrenaline race, uh, it's you against three AI characters. Okay. And those are tough. Is it only AI it characters, really... or is there any way to like have a second character on no. the couch? Or... No, it's just three AI characters. Okay. Um, from what I could tell, I don't think i didn't see any co-op on this uh the only online type of uh piece they have is there's uh high scores and challenges you can set for your friends so you go into freestyle or you go into one of those modes and you do all these crazy moves and you know go through a whole run and Set that as a challenge for your friends. They have to duplicate that. Okay. Essentially. Um, and the other cool thing is you can save a replay of every one of your runs. Mm. And it's just a perfect video of the entire run. And you can just you hit watch my replays and you load one up and it just right from the jumping off the side of the mountain or off a balloon or wherever they <laughs> jump from. That's pretty cool when you do that. Um, And you get to see your whole run, which is really cool. So uh, the the one, the adrenaline race uh, where you're racing, you have to come in first. Oh, wow. uh, Which is not easy. 
because the other characters are really good. Uh, the only way you can get that speed boost, that adrenaline boost, where you pull your, your arms and legs in, right? Uh, you build up the adrenaline by flying really close to the mountain or the treetops or wherever, close to the ground. Okay. Uh, the closer you get to the ground, the quicker your adrenaline builds up, and then you use that. You know, it's almost like a boost in in a car race. Uh, that's the way they're treating it. Sure. Uh, so that you can't just be, you know, arms and legs tight the entire thing and, and fly down there super fast. Hmm. Uh, so it's really tough. You really have to pick your, pick your route and, you know, it's, it's not like a straight line. You're not, you can go in different directions and go around the, you know, this, this big rock formation this way or this way. You can go under the bridge. You can go, you, there's a number of different paths you can kind of take on the way. It's almost like SSX in a way mm. um, where it's not just, you know, there is an A and a B that you have, you know, you have to go from A to B, but the way you get there, you, you've got some options. Um, so it's pretty cool in that respect. Yeah. Free fall is, it's pretty much, you can just do whatever you want. Uh, you jump off and then it's, there's no, set route or anything like that. You can do all kinds of crazy stunts and just mess around, basically. Um, the game looks gorgeous. Oh, really? Okay. It, it, looks it better amazing. be for 20 bucks. Well, yeah. It it absolutely... I mean, the <laughs> with the lighting and everything, it looks amazing. Hmm. Um, I mean, I was really looking at it and thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is one of the best looking... Like, PSN titles I've seen uh, because it's all realistic, you know, places uh, with the mountains, with sort of the desert canyon area, with uh, you can go from, you know, the middle of summer to snow covered uh, to, you know, you can pick the time of day um, and the weather and all that stuff. It looks, it's just, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so it looks awesome. Uh, plays really well. You know the controls are really tight. Like I said, they they work great. It's just there's not a ton to the game. You know, like I said, there's maybe twelve challenges I think altogether. Okay. And then the adrenaline races. There's a bunch of those. You're trying to unlock uh, some of the other skydivers and things like that. Uh, it is a lot of fun and I'm, I know I'm going to be playing it a lot. You know, I, I'm not sure how it'll go over with other people. Yeah. Um, but it looks great. It plays great. One of the cool things they do with the sound, especially, uh, you know, you get that sort of, uh, howling wind in your ears as you're, as you're in flight uh, but when you get closer to the ground or closer to the treetops or the side of the mountain or anything like that, you it's more turbulent and you hear it gets louder and it's like, oh, that's cool. So you know, yeah. So it's just another cue that okay, you're in tight and be careful. Um, so that way you also know that all right, now I'm building up more adrenaline. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Uh, I want to be in this close. And it's it's a risk-reward thing, you know. You want to be as close as you can to the ground. 
<laughs> but if you're but too, not too close. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you're too tight to the ground and the geography, the landscape, uh, you know, raises up, you're either going to have to pull tight on that adrenaline and hope you can pull up and get over that ridge, or you're going to have to look for another opening somewhere, maybe down below or, yeah. or something, or you're not going to get past it. You're just going to slam into the ground and that's it. So it's cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Um, 20 bucks is a lot of money though for it. Um, yeah, that seems high. I mean, it does for but motion control uh, for a motion controlled game that already motion control games I think probably sell less than normal games to begin with. It seems kind of yeah, that's an interesting it, it does. Notion. And I you know, I'm not sure why I I mean they they obviously put a lot of effort into the look of it and the physics of it and everything. They wanted to nail it and get it down and get it to feel right. And it does. It feels right. I mean, I've never been in a wingsuit, but I've done a lot of skydiving in the past. Um, so I know what that feels like. And I know what that, you know, the movements, you know, it looks great the way the, the guy moves and everything. And it, yeah, it's right. You know, they got that. And I think it's also partly because they got, three of the top guys in the world that do this uh, to work closely with the developers uh, to really get that feel and get that look down. Um, and maybe that's part of where the money's going is, you know, we got to pay these guys. Um, but I think it would have done much better at a lower price point. Uh, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. You know, it depends on what you're into. If you're if you like this type of game, it's it's a different experience. It definitely is. But I don't know if people play it a couple times and be like, "Well, that's it. Well, I'm bored," and then just leave it. Uh, personally, I'm going to play it a lot because yeah. I I enjoy it, and you know, I like the idea of the free the freestyle stuff where you can just do whatever you want and you can post it up for other people to try to duplicate or whatever so it's you know i really enjoyed it um and this i'd give an eight um oh okay you know if it was if it was a lower uh price i might even give it a higher score but wow it's tough at that price um yeah it sounds like it but yeah it's it's a cool game i i hope there's a a playstation plus discount for people because it's something i think uh you know, or even a demo at least, because I think it's something people should try at least once. It's really cool. Hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, uh, on to the next one. This is such a hard game to review. <clears throat> so, uh, Rain, uh, I put the preview up a few weeks ago, which covered the first three chapters of the game. And uh, I, I actually do kind of, if you're interested in this game, I would suggest running over there and reading the preview because I kind of went. A little more in-depth with a couple, just like the beginning story elements, that kind of thing. And, and you know, obviously we never try to spoil anything. And, and I made a very conscious effort to not spoil anything here at all. And, and uh, because of that, there really is no story talk whatsoever in, in this review uh, that's written, uh, which goes up at uh, 6 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesday. So by the time this podcast is out, the written review will be up. So... This is from the team. There are a couple of different teams, actually. These are the people behind games like Tokyo Jungle and Echochrome. And you'll actually see a lot of that Echochrome influence later in the game. But 
It, basically, as I said in the preview, uh, it kind of starts out with these watercolors, and, and uh, this girl runs by, and she's being chased by uh, this this beast that they call the unknown. And uh, but she's kind of invisible, and, and he kind of saw her form go by, and he chases after her. And uh, when he does, he wakes up, and he's invisible as well. And he wakes up at night in the village that he lives in, and it's raining. It's raining everywhere. And he realizes that if he's in the rain, he can be seen. You, you can see his form. <clears throat> and that's kind of one of the biggest elements of the game right there is, is you know, there, there are times where you don't want to be seen. And, and you'll have to find a spot somewhere where maybe there's an awning or an overhang that uh, is blocking the rain from, from falling down. And also there are elements later on where you're inside buildings. So you actually have to watch where the footprints are when you're walking around. So, at its core, though, this game is is really more of an interactive story of sort of sorts. Um, if you get caught by the unknown, or if you quote unquote die in any way, uh, there's a really good checkpoint system in this. You don't really don't have to rehash very much. Uh, so they want you to get through this. You know, there, there's not really a big boss battle or anything like that. There is and there isn't. It, it's it, again, I don't want to talk about it, but. Uh, it's basically it's a puzzle platformer with some really light stealth elements to it. Uh, nothing like Metal Gear or anything like that, but uh, there, you know, you have to try to walk by these beasts these, that, that are walking around, wandering around, and you'll notice there's no people at all. But there's these these monsters of, of sort that are kind of the same as you and the girl, where you could, you can only be seen if you're in the rain. So they have they have like these ghostly images as well. And you know certain of the of the monsters don't even bother you at all, uh, but you want to use them strategically in some situations. Uh, there are other times where you have to, you know, in, in the puzzle elements, you have to find something to distract one of the monsters so you can do something. But what this is really is this boy and this girl on this journey through kind of this dreamscape of sorts, uh, and you get kind of deeper and deeper into it and it gets, it really starts screwing with your head uh, because there's no dialogue at all. So there's text that will kind of explain kind of what's going on or narrate, I guess you would say, but there's no dialogue whatsoever. There's no actual dialogue between the characters, nothing like that whatsoever. And you're kind of exploring and it, it, it's kind of funny to me. It was almost like journey light to a certain extent. Like you, they don't tell you what you're doing. They don't tell you what's going on. That you just kind of get thrown into the game. Uh, but it's not Journey. Uh, it, it's it's definitely not Journey. But it does evoke some emotions, and they do a very good job at using the visuals and the audio to really pull you into this experience and uh, to to evoke the emotions that they want to evoke. The music, especially, is something that is vital to this game and and it does such a phenomenal job at raising the tension when it needs to and and this is a very tense game at times and it, it's funny when you think about it because there's it's so simple in in its uh in its execution i mean you really only have a couple of different moves you can jump you can run by holding square or you can hit circle to interact with things like to grab a ladder or to hoist something up or uh, to push a, a box or some object, something like that, uh, to open a door, that sort of thing. So there's no attack whatsoever. There's no, uh, there's no sticking to a wall or anything like that. It's it's very 
simple control scheme. Uh, but the visuals again are, I mean, it's not like this isn't some uncharted visuals. It, it's, it's good visuals, but at, at the same time, it's using very muted colors in most places, and, but they're trying to do that. They want it to be a very drab, very dingy, very creepy environment. And as you get farther and farther into it, like Acrochrome, uh, you get this very evident MC Asher ask, uh, visual style. And it gets pretty crazy. You know, it, it's, it's not always behind the character either. The camera actually will be in all different areas. You know, the camera will be pulled back when they want to show you this huge, huge, almost like a maze you have to get through or something. And, uh, it, 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 but it's a fixed camera, kind of like out of war to a certain extent. It'll actually move at, at times. Uh, but the lighting and with the rain and, and the audio of the rain and, and everything about it, it, it really fills up the room. It's it's really odd. I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect from this game because I liked what I played at E3, but I didn't get to wear the headphones, and I didn't really get to get into that whole experience. And uh, once you get kind of pulled in, it's very easy to just sit and play and play and play and play. <clears throat> and it, it's really funny, and here's the story I wanted to tell. So I was playing it, and I got to this point where it seemed like it was the end of the game. But I didn't know because I didn't know how long the game was or anything like that. Well, my buddy texts me and says, hey, we got a poker game going. Get your ass down here. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, so I paused the game, went down, played poker, stayed out all night, got home at like 1.30 in the morning, 2 in the morning. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, crap, I left rain on. I'm like, oh, I should see how long I got to go. And I swear to God, it was right at the end. <laughs> it was like five minutes later, it was done. Uh, so it was, it was pretty funny that that all happened. But uh I will say I was initially kind of disappointed, though, because it seemed to me that some things didn't really get explained very well at the end of the game. And, and it just and all of a sudden credits rolled. I'm like, wait a second. Well, then it pops up this thing after the credits and says that I unlocked these. I can't remember exactly what they called them, but basically they're these little things you can find here and there in each level. And they kind of hint or give you hints at some of the story elements that weren't explained the first time. So the game's actually designed to make you play through at least twice. And so that kind of helps. Yeah. And it is actually because, and I haven't played through it all the way a second time, but I've played through a few chapters now because my, well, it's, it's, I don't know. I had a weird save game problem going on too, but, uh, because that was an early build that I had, but, um, it was cool because not only did I kind of know what to expect because there aren't a lot of variables. Again, this is a more, more of an interactive story. So you, th- there are very set elements all the way throughout the game. You know you're going to go to this spot and you're going to want to do this to get by this guy. or you know, it, It's very set. But the second playthrough is really fun because you've, you've already seen everything. So now you're looking for other stuff. Because you've been all the way through the game, and there's there's kind of these things that kind of harken back to begin you know to the beginning of the game, and you're looking for so much more now, and you're looking for these things to pick up so that you can find out maybe some more elements of the story and flesh it all out. So I'm actually going to play all the way through this again. I guarantee you, I'm going to do it because there's a couple things that I need explained that weren't explained the first time through. So it's interesting because the game I think it took me four to, like five hours to get through it. I wasn't really counting this time. Uh, but it seemed like it was about five hours to get through it the first time, but it is made to be played at least twice. And it's, it's interesting because it's such a, 
it's it's almost disturbing at times because it's so quiet. You know, the, you have all the environmental stuff going on. You have that constant rainfall. Even when you're inside a building, you hear the rainfall, but there's no people to interact with. There's no there's no act action going on anywhere. There's nothing. It's 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 not kinetic at all. Uh, you know, all the lights are out and everything else. And and you, you know, you have to go through the sewers at one point. You have to do this. You have to do that. And the puzzles never really get too tough and and they make sure that they don't get too tough because they even built a, a hint system in so if you fail <clears throat> like three times it'll actually tell you hit select and they'll give you a hint because they want you to get through this this isn't one of those challenging games like vvvvv or something where it's just gonna you know totally screw with you the entire time you're playing it it's an interactive story and and they, they've done a phenomenal job at letting you experience it giving you these tense moments that really do raise your heart rate. But the pacing is great, and the exploration, you have this feeling of exploration, but you finally realize that even though you see all these other staircases you can go up, and even though you see all these little alleyways and and walkways that you could walk through, the level design is so genius that I never got to a dead end. I always went the right way, and I don't know why. Because I saw these other staircases that looked like they went somewhere. So I was, I, that, that light went off in my head when I was playing it later on in the game. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, why didn't I go over to that, that staircase? Why didn't I go to this? Why didn't I go to that? And they did a great job. You know, it's, it's, it's a pretty impressive game. It's an experimental game, though. You know, it's, it's late in a console's life cycle. And that's the kind of stuff you start getting, which is awesome. So there's no online stuff at all. It's it's uh, there's no like pickups or anything in the first time you play through the game. So you can really focus on you know what you're doing and trying to get past certain things and getting the puzzles figured out. There's no puzzle there that's really tough. I mean, there might be one where you think you know what you're doing and you don't and you die. But the other cool thing is um, because of the camera system and, and how it's pulled back sometimes and everything else, they'll actually uh, they've actually made it so that if if the camera's at a weird angle or something, you can't fall off. Because I got really worried about that. I'm like, oh, crap, I can't even see where I'm going. I'm going to fall right off. Uh, there's some really narrow walkways later in the game. And I'm like, oh, crap, I, this is going to take forever. And one time I thought I was going to fall off, and I noticed that he was kind of walking against uh, an invisible wall. I'm like, oh, that's great. Because, again, it's, it's, you, they want you to experience the story and, and experience the environments and not have to worry about skills you know, or, or being able to make sure that you're on this walkway that you can barely see yourself on. So, yeah, so they they really thought about a lot of things, uh, didn't have any technical issues whatsoever. It's a very solidly built game. Uh, It's, man, it it gets so tense at times, though, and and I love that they did that. So uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to really cover, but there's not because I don't want to get into the story at all. But the story is really cool, but like I said... I was initially kind of disappointed. Like, wait a second, that wasn't explained, and that wasn't explained. And I don't know if it's one of those things where they want you to like, oh, this is what it like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, you know. And uh, and then all of a sudden that pickups thing came up. I'm like, oh, well, there we go. So it's made to be played through twice. Uh, so I gave it a, a 9.0, and uh, I, I do highly recommend the game. I think it's it's something that you're really going to like. Not everybody's going to like it. If you didn't like Journey, for for example, I don't think you're going to like this. But they're not the same games at all. But it's kind of that same kind of feeling about the two, uh, where they're trying to evoke emotions and that kind of thing. Um, I think this is a little bit less artsy-fartsy than Journey, but it's still pretty esoteric at the same time. And the music, obviously, the people from Echo Chrome working on this, 
gorgeous music. So it is definitely a, a really cool experience. So give it a try. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now I did. This isn't even on IMDb, by the way. It is. It is. I'll I couldn't explain. find it because I looked I'll up explain. three of the actors and I couldn't find it on any of their lists. Oh well, you did, but you didn't realize it because I did the same thing. What's well, a different name? Because I looked for a different name too. Yeah. No. This. All right. We're talking about Berlin Job. Yeah. Uh, this is called Berlin Job here in the states. Internationally, it's called St. George's Day. Okay. And that's why. <laughs> so obviously they're trying to get off on the whole Italian job thing, and I guess so. Yeah, it, it's got that kind of a feel to it. So, so what it is? It's a couple of cousins. Uh, it's older guys. It's like an older, uh, older guy sort of uh, heist film. You know the 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 gangsters that are looking for that one last big score and yep. blah 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 it's that type of thing um, there's a little more to it than that though uh, really one of the one of the cousins is trying to go legit he wants to pull out get out entirely uh, the other one is still going he needs to hit this big score so that he can buy out the cousin and you know all is right in the world but of course he gets in bed with the Russians to pull this big score. Things go horribly wrong. And now they owe them tons of money. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't have the money to pay off. So This sounds kind uh, of familiar. Yeah. So <laughs> in in the meantime, they 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 owe the Russians all this money. They're coming after them. Because everything went horribly wrong, the cops are onto them now with evidence for the first time in years. Uh, so the cops are all over them. Uh, and, well, other gangs are now, you know, other gangs that you know they could get money from, that they usually got money from for, mm. for jobs and things like that. Those other gangs are like, fuck you, we're not paying. <laughs> because they know that these guys will probably be dead in a week. Sure. Um, so they're having all kinds of problems. Uh, it's a slow-moving film. It's it's not like a big, crazy gangster flick with a lot of action and and crazy gunfights and and stuff like that. It's it's a very slow-paced film. Uh, it's got a little bit of humor in it, not much. It's it's more dramatic than than anything else. But like you said, there there are a lot of people in there that you would recognize. Like you look at the names at first, and you're like, I don't know who these people are. But when you see the film, you're like, Oh, there's a bunch of guys from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, Sardanumsi's uh, in it. Huh? Sar- Sardanumspa. Yeah. My <laughs> sweet um, brother Numsi. <laughs> there's uh, uh, the head of. Oh my gosh, I, I forget their name from Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's um, in, that's the same guy. He's in he's in Game of Thrones too. Yeah, uh, he's there. Um, uh, just a bunch of, of, of people you'd probably recognize when you see them. You might not know them specifically, but you'll be like, ah, I know that guy. I know that guy. Yeah. Um, it's cool. You know, it's it's actually a pretty good story. Um, it it's 
it falls apart a little bit at the end. Uh, it's a little too convenient that, oh, here's our way out, and maybe we could pull this heist. Uh, and the heist that they pull, they're not really doing much. <laughs> um, they're relying on somebody else to do all this stuff, and then they just show up and steal the money at the end. So it's like, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, they, they say that right from the beginning. They're like, this is what we're going to do. And you're like, really? Okay. Um, it is, it's, it's kind of neat though. You know, it's, it's, the characters are, are pretty well written. Surprisingly. Uh, there is this sort of overarching thing throughout the whole story that there appears to be a mole within their organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, the cops seem to have an inside man. Um, so you're trying to figure out who is this person, uh, that might be betraying them along the way. Uh, so that's, you know, an, an interesting little twist to it, uh, along the way and trying to figure out who that's going to be. Um, so it's good. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it could have been a little bit better. I think, uh, a little, uh, I don't know if it's editing or if it's just the, the script needed to be tightened up a bit. I think really the script more than anything, um, but it's good, you know. It's a it's an interesting story. Uh, so, like I said, if you're looking for it on IMDb, it's Saint George's Day. Uh, people in Europe, that's probably how they know it uh, as Saint George's Day, mm. uh, because that really threw me. I'm like, wait, is this this is impossible? Because <laughs> it's in my hands, and I'm looking at it. And I'm looking at IMDb. I'm oh like, no, I've seen other things this, not on IMDb before. This doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. Uh, but then they mention St. George's day early on in the, in the film, because that's, you know, they're, they're going to Germany on St. George's day and that's how they're going to pull the heist. They're going to blend in because uh, okay. there's a million, uh, Brits there, um, you know, for the soccer match. Okay. Uh, and everything else that's going on there. So there, it's all good. You know, we can just sort of blend in and hide out and we're, we're all set. Uh, and when they said that, I was like, wait a minute. And I went back in there. I'm like, I thought I saw that title. And that's what it was that it's just, they're all, it's all listed under that title. Okay. So, uh, yeah, good. Not great. Uh, looks great. Uh, the surprising thing is it's a Blu-ray DVD combo <laughs> and both, both the Blu-ray and DVD look identical. Almost. Oh, jeez. But, but the Blu-ray looks really good. Yeah. Like not in a bad way. I mean, they 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 both look really good. You know, the, you get a little more detail in the Blu-ray, um, obviously. But for the most part, like even I went right to the dark scenes because early on there's a lot of night scenes and things like that. Sure. And that's where you're usually going to see the difference. The the DVD holds up actually really well. Nice. Uh, so it's a really good encode uh, on the DVD, um, or it's a really bad encode on the Blu-ray. Yeah, either way. <laughs> but I don't think so because I, I think the the Blu-ray shows uh, some good detail, you know, throughout. So sure, it it did. It surprised me. I was like, okay, you know, how bad is this going to look? And I flipped it on. I was like, wow, actually, that doesn't look bad at all. Hmm. Um. So yeah, it's it's a good flick. Uh, it's seven point five. I give that. Okay. Um, you know, it's good. 
not not outstanding. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's an interesting little uh, uh, mob mafia type movie. Um, <laughs> there there are some funny scenes in there, uh, some some surprises, but cool. You know, nothing nothing crazy. Uh, and now on to the monster, <laughs> the monster that is Mama's family. Yeah. Uh, so we had our interview with Vicky Lawrence. Indeed. A couple of weeks ago. This was, this grew out of a skit on the Carol Burnett show. Right. Uh, which was just called The Family. And like she said, like Mama was originally written for uh, Carol and she didn't want the part. She was, she was really into Eunice. Right. Uh, which was her daughter. She loved the idea of this character, and uh, they they started doing uh, southern accents with it, and the writers were furious, and <laughs> they were all upset. And, but it worked, and it worked in a big, big way. Uh, so the show came along and then went for uh, several seasons on NBC and then a bunch more in syndication. Right. Uh, and was actually a really big hit uh, to the point that, and I think we've talked about this, she uh, is still doing the character. Right. Um, and then I, I think I emailed you or something and I said she lied to me because she said she'd done it in Wisconsin and she's never done it in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, she's she's on these huge tours. I'm sure she didn't remember. I know. I was just trying to be uh, melodramatic. Of course. But so what you're getting here, it's a, it's a really impressive set. I will say that. For, for all the complete series sets of DVDs that I have, this is one of the nicest sets. The way it's put together. The box is really nice. Uh, the booklet that comes, it's like an oversized booklet uh, that comes with it that has a bunch of information in it and then a bunch of stuff on the the different uh, uh, episodes. Uh, it's five seasons altogether, uh, three to four discs per season. Uh, and then the bonus discs is 24 DVDs altogether. Jeez. And like they said, there's over 13 hours of bonus features on there. Now, I went through a bunch of it. I didn't get through all of it, obviously. obviously. 13 hours. I I didn't get to see the Eunice uh, movie, which I really do want to see. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that before I write this up. Sure. Um, but the amazing thing is, uh, you know, you've got those two discs. That's that that's all they are as bonus features. Um, which includes the first family sketch from the Carol Burnett show, which has Roddy McDowell uh, as the brother, Eunice's brother, is coming back home uh, after he got his Nobel Prize and uh, or his Pulitzer Prize. I forget which one it is, but you know he's this big famous person come back home to see his family. He's only in town for a couple hours and they don't care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, they could, they could hardly, you know, care what 
what he's got going on. They're busy with their own lives and arguing with each other, and they've got they've got their own thing going on. Sure. So that really set it all up. That's on there. Uh, a lot of the old sketches are on there, which is really cool. Um, it's neat because they 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 gathered together the entire original cast of the, the TV show. Uh-huh. Um, not like the original, original cast, because the, the cast changed a bit over the seasons. Right. Um, early on, they had, uh, what's her name? Well, they had Betty White, but they had somebody else from Golden Girls. Um, hmm. I can't remember her name right now. Um, but they, you know, they switched some of those characters out. What it, it was the, basically the cast from the bulk of the show. They all sat around the table. They all discussed the show uh, in like a really long form, kind of free flowing. Oh, do you remember when this happened? And oh, your character was so in love with this. It's really neat. Really neat recollections of of the show. Um, the surprising thing is, you will see interviews with Betty White. Mm-hmm interviews with um, Tim Conway and Carol Burnett and all these people. They, they got so many people for this. Yeah. And they pop up everywhere and all these different things. There's bloopers. There's individual interviews with all these different cast members, uh, individual interviews with like the producers, the, the writer, one of the writers of the show. Um, it's it's staggering, uh, and as you go through each of the seasons, typically the last disc of the season uh, only has a couple episodes, maybe one or two episodes, maybe three. But it also that has the bonus content for that season, which will be another sketch from from the Carol Burnett show and another bunch of bloopers and things like that. It's it's just packed. Nice with everything you could ever want for a fan of the show. Um, This is it. I mean, this is the type of set that any fan of a show could ever ask for uh, because it's got everything. Uh, And we had talked about it, you know, last week and the week before and whatever, that the fact that they were able to get all these different studios together. Yeah. Um, between uh, CBS, NBC, whoever owns the rights in syndication, uh, the, the rights to the old stuff on the Carol Burnett show, which is, I guess, CBS anyway. Um, the music, uh, you know, all the actors, and just everybody had to sign off on this yeah. in some form or another. But they did, and they got the whole thing together in this amazing set. Yeah. That, that just comes with all these bonus features and, and just hours and hours of stuff in a really nice packaging. Uh, it is, it's expensive. Uh, granted, it's $199. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's 130 episodes, 24 DVDs, packed, packed, more than 13 hours of bonus stuff. You know, all that history you get with those original sketches. Um, they go into the background of the most famous Tim Conway one, the one you tweeted, yeah. uh, where Tim Conway did the whole elephant thing. 
Um, they really go in. Tim Conway talks about that. Vicki Lawrence talks about it. Uh, they go back and forth with with all the all these different recollections of that specific one, and they play, you know, they play it as they're talking about it. So you can see really what was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> um, it's really cool. There's there's a lot of really cool anecdotes and things like that. Um, but it's also neat to see the evolution of the character. Yeah. Um, because it was on the Carol Burnett show, and because they had all those different guest guest stars on. I mean, if you go through, <laughs> it makes no sense uh, because she's got all these uh, sons and daughters and sisters and brothers and all these people related to Mama that just, they're there once or they're there a couple times and then they disappear and you never hear of them again. Um, <laughs> but it's just the, the reality of the variety show and bringing uh, guest stars on and things like that and let's do a sketch and throw them in there. Right. Um, but it's neat because Carol Burnett was on for a couple episodes with Harvey Corman right. uh, in the first season. Uh, so there is some of that continuity there and, and it's kind of fun. I mean, she does some amazing stuff on there. Uh, and I watched this when it was on the air originally, but I don't remember that early first season. Um, oh God, it's been so long. I, I think maybe I only started watching it when it hit syndication, like around the third season. Um, so I think I missed the whole first two seasons. Oh, but that's the other thing. You see the evolution of the character because she was very uh, acerbic, very almost nasty in a way. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in the first couple seasons. But she softened a lot over when she got to syndication and, and as the character, I guess, had time to grow. And they needed to do more with her than just have her be this mean old woman. Uh, <laughs> you know, they they soften the character up a lot. So it's interesting to see that evolution, too. Yeah. Um, but it is. You know, for a fan, uh, this is it. You're not going to get anything better than this. Uh, for a fan of a series, and this is this is the heights. This is as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, pricey, yeah. But you know, it, it can only be ordered through that through that Time Life website, through Mama's Family DVDs dot com. Uh, but they do have installment pricing <laughs> if you want to do that. Uh, and they did say they will be bringing out the seasons individually, right? Um, over the next couple of months and years, uh, they're bringing them out bit by bit. Uh, and it looks from the way it's packaged in here. Uh, that they would likely just take, you know, the, the slip cases that are in here and release that exactly as is. Right. Um, because they look like they're packaged and ready to be lifted out and sold individually. Oh, okay. Um, so, but you probably won't get all the, you, you're probably not going to get those two bonus DVDs that have hours and hours of stuff on them as well. Right. Uh, so, you know, there is that. Uh, it's cool though. Uh, I, I'm going to have to give this, I guess a 9.5, I think. Even with the high um, price? Even with the high price. I mean, that's what's keeping it from being a 10, I'd say. Yeah. Honestly, because I, I've got a lot of complete series on, on DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever. This is among the best. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
that I've seen just based on the amount of content that you're getting. Um, I, I, I think for a fan of the series, it's worth it, even at that price. Sure. Um, because it's staggering. Uh, just all the people, all the interviews, the, the Eunice movie, uh, all the old sketches from the Carol Burnett show, the, the, the fact that all of that's in there is, is just amazing. Uh, if you take half that stuff out, it's it's nowhere near worth it. But um, because all that's there, yeah, it absolutely is. Okay, it's it's fantastic, fantastic all right. set. Alrighty, now you got me jealous. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you have to bring that's a couple good. of those home with me when I come out next week. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to these emails. Holy crap! Are we running along? That's all right. We're used to it now. So you take the first one. How about that? Me? Yeah. It's a short one. I'm trying to give you a break. Hang on. Hang on. Not even in my inbox. All right. Oh, (laughs) sweet. Yeah, this is a good one. (laughs) Try to be nice. Uh, And what do I get? From Stephen Tower. Uh, Says, hi, Glenn Josh. Love the show. Here's a 30-day EU... PS Plus trial code mm. that I won and don't need so someone nice can have it. You hear that? <laughs> Any of you people that are rotten bastards, you cannot put this code in. Like, uh, we had one person trying to, when I was giving away the European codes for Pool Nation, I, I noticed two people were trying to get it and they both live in the US. One of them didn't realize we were doing EU codes. The other one's like, well, I have a European account. I'm like, dude, if we're going to be giving away US, US codes, stop. We, we rarely ever get European codes for anything. That's messed up. Uh. All right. So if you're in the European Union, here's your code. Good luck. It is 66JFFPNHBM3P. BM. Well, it's not three REO. <laughs> Smack somebody for that. All right. Uh, yes. Cheers from Steve Tower in the UK. And his PSN ID is Green Mekon. G R E E N M E K O N. Indeed. Everybody go fill up his friends list. Yeah. Friend bomb him. Yeah. That's a new term. Patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. Friend bomb. All right, uh, this next one is from uh, Jeffrey Hunt, and he says, I have a PS Plus, or I have PS Plus, and I love all the freebies. Will there be freebies on PS Plus for PS4 when it is released or shortly afterward? Well, Sony hasn't told us. Uh, if I don't well, buy the... Well... What, what? What? No, they've told oh, us. Oh, yeah, because uh, there's the PlayStation Plus version of Drive Club, which is a pared-down version of the game. Yes, that's that's correct. So, yes, there will be things like that. Uh, if I don't buy the PS4 right away, wait six months or so, will there be a way to purchase the freebies so when I buy a PS4, I can download all the freebies that were offered? Uh, no, because they don't do that now. Once they're expired, they're expired. Uh, thanks for all the hard work you put into no. PS Nation. What? He can. No. Yes. That's what the web store is for. Oh, yeah. You could do... Well, yeah. You can definitely do that. Go onto the web store. Go onto the... PlayStation Store on the internet, uh, which is available at 
sonyentertainmentnetwork.com plus store dot flash slash it's, it's whatever. It's the worst stupid URL to get to that thing. Hang on. It's store.sonyentertainmentnetwork.com. Simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So go to store.sonyentertainmentnetwork.com. You sign in with your PlayStation account and... Yes, everything is available there that's available on the store. So when the PlayStation Plus stuff is there, you can grab it and, you know, quote-unquote, download it. Uh, You're essentially purchasing it in your cart, you know, for free, uh, and then it's tied to your account. Yeah. And then when you get your PS4, you can just download it, and you're all good. Yep. That's a good point. So it can be done. Fine. You've given out false information. Way no, incomplete information. It's different. Uh, all right. Next up is that Jonathan Bloom guy again. And he says, hey, Glenn and Josh, before I get started, quick question. Well, but you're getting started then if you're asking us a quick question. Uh, semantics, I know. You mentioned many shows back about prank calling me. We never did, though, did we? I don't I don't know. remember. I We're old. Uh-huh. I received a phone call not long after where this guy threatened me because I was apparently messaging his girlfriend. <laughs> apparently. Right. Uh, the only people I'd messaged recently on Facebook had been guys, and it had been gaming tech related. Was that you? No, that was not us. I would. We would have put that on the podcast if we did that. So obviously this guy doesn't listen to the podcast. He just sends us random emails. Your Honor. <laughs> Your Honor. If it pleases the court. I was only messaging guys, and it was gaming and tech-related. <laughs> as far as my you client, know. <laughs> my client had nothing to do with this girlfriend, per se. <laughs> Sorry, I was using the lawyer from Futurama. <laughs> I'm just a simple hyper-chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he says, what do you think of in 20 or 30 years of there being possibly... Uh, of having a retron of all consoles after the N64 up through the Wii U. Is this a possibility? Well, it's, it's a possibility, but would you really want, like... I mean, I'd love to have Turbo Graphics on the Retron 5. And stuff like, yeah, it'd be cool, but I think when you get up to the, the motion control stuff, I think that's where you should stop. I just... I don't uh, think you should ever stop. I, I want... I, I the retro, but I don't want I don't want a Wii bad. emulated or anything because I don't like the Wii that much. But there could be something on there that's worth it. Well, actually, you know, I, I, no, no, no. Actually, we'll stop right there because there are a couple things that they probably won't be able to do, and that is they probably won't be able to do one for the GameCube because it used that other disc drive that runs backwards. Uh, so they'd have to get those manufactured specially, and that would bring the price way up. Same way with the Wii U. Uh, they've got those special yeah. discs, so I don't know if the, the drive would that work That bring well. the price way up, because it'll be sure the it future, and the price will come down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Won't work. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. Well, you'd have to have a Blu-ray, Blu-ray drive in there if you want to do PS3. And it'd have to be able to do and DVD, it would have to be able to do CD, and it would have to be able to do the GameCube discs, which runs backwards. That's okay. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to... But, I mean, I think anything cart-based, you will definitely see in the future. I, they've already... When I talked to the to the Hyper King guys, they've already talked about uh, when we were at MGC, actually, a lot of people were bugging them about... Huh? 
Atari, Atari. Well, Atari. Yeah, Kalimba, but a lot of people were bugging Atari. about Turbo Graphics, and a guy actually walked in with the blueprints or like the schematics of the Turbo Graphics, and he was like, "See, you just do this, and you just do this," and they're like, "Yeah, that would actually be really cool." So I think on the next one they might have Turbo Graphics. So we'll see. I want them to put Atari in there. Nobody cares about Atari. Except everybody. Except nobody. That's why you keep getting all those games for 10 cents a piece, because people are dumping them like garbage. 10 cents. Nothing's 10 cents. I want the Atari game. I want 2600, 7800. They're the same thing, essentially. Uh, 5200. Uh, Coleco. See, Coleco and... The two Ataris, you could all do in one slot. They're all basically the same cart. Well, you could do Atari on a Coleco if you had the uh, the adapter. Yeah, but not the 7800. Yeah. But see, I'm saying, when you build your Retron Just think 9, how big of a Frankenstein's monstrosity the thing, this thing would be if it had all those systems on it. That'd be awesome. It would just be this big blob of cartridge slots and controller awesome. slots and... Uh, like lights everywhere and and it has to have the 32x in it next uh, time around so the five people that care about the 32x could actually play what play it without having to put i mean that that's actually that would be the one system that would be a bigger monstrosity than the 32x would be with the sega cd plugged in and a game shark and uh <laughs> or an action shark. replay did you ever see that picture where they had like the Sega CD underneath it, then the Genesis, yeah. then the 32X, and then Sonic and Knuckles that had the cartridge slot in the top of it. But they had it going through like a Game Genie or whatever, and this big tower of suck, this humongous, <laughs> humongous tower of suck. Tower of suck. I'll give you a tower of suck. No, I bet you will. I'll be there next week for it. <laughs> uh, I I would love to see that. But see, I. I had a friend down the street who had a Coleco, and we used to fight about that. Oh, no, the Coleco's so much better. Fuck you. The Atari's so much better. Well, Coleco's uh, a better system, but it didn't have nearly as many games. Oh, well, yeah. And I was just pissed because the Coleco, they're like, hey, guess what? You can just play all your Atari 2600 cartridges in this, which was so insanely illegal, but legal at the time. Because, yeah, they didn't patent everything correctly, and there were no Unreal. laws that handled uh, something like that. But then Coleco got drunk with power and said, well, let's turn it into a computer. It's the Atom. Yeah. And then they went out of business. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted an Atom, too, when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. But I I just couldn't ask my parents for a Coleco at that point. I just couldn't do it. But it was a damn impressive system. Donkey Kong on there, and it was really amazing what they did. Well, Donkey Kong was pretty much arcade perfect almost. I mean, it was close. It looked really good, yeah. It looked great, yeah. And, um, I mean, even Smurf on there was good. And Yeah. And there were a ton of games in the ClickaVision that were And I couldn't get one either. I, my, my cousin had an Intellivision. I had a 2600. And a kid, you know, of course the rich kid in town... In North Fond du Lac had a ColecoVision, so we'd all go over there and play it. And then I, I actually wasn't allowed to have the 2600 in my house. I had to wait until I went to my dad's place. <laughs> so, because my mom wouldn't let me have anything until I bought my uh, first one I had in the in the house was when I bought my Commodore 64, and I bought that with my own money. So, and then that was pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> then I got a 2600 in the house and. 
I didn't get a net. Well, the Nest came out when I was living in Kansas City, so I remember buying that at Kmart on Shawnee Mission Parkway. That's not even there anywhere, I don't think. Shawnee Mission Parkway, right off I thirty five. I remember buying my Genesis at Children's Palace on ninety fifth and Metcalf. That's not even there anywhere either. It was like a cheap rip off of Toys R Us. <clears throat> well, I got my fifty two hundred from a place that doesn't even exist anymore. At all, I didn't anywhere. <laughs> I didn't have Kitty a fifty two hundred until I was like older. I didn't have that until probably the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Good old Kitty City with the uh, with the kangaroo. Kitty City. Uh, that just yeah. sounds like a place to go get raped. Pretty much. Come on yeah, in, kids. I got lollipops. And it was awesome. the The one that was near us turned into a hobby shop, like models and things like that. And then the other one out by the mall, I forget what that turned into. Uh, that turned into something else as well. I think it turned into a Tower Records, actually. <laughs> what didn't turn what into the a Tower Records turn into? <laughs> yeah, uh, that would probably be a Music Land after that, and then no, now a Barnes no & Noble, probably. Land. Yeah. No, it's neither of those. <laughs> Wasn't hip enough to be either of those. <laughs> um, but yeah, those... <sighs> I remember that just walking in there. I was so proud of myself. I saved up my two hundred dollars so that I could buy my Atari fifty two hundred all by myself. Oh, all by myself. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. What the hell were we talking about? Uh, we oh. The last email. All right. From Ahmed, and he says, "Hi there." I just lost my USB for Pulse Wireless stereo headset. Is there a way to start it? Ouch. Uh, no, you have to have that USB. So you want to contact Sony and get a replacement. Yeah. yeah. It'll probably cost you like 20 space bucks or something. Ooh, ouch. And, but the thing is, uh, we did figure out that it's the same USB dongle for the wireless stereo headset and the Pulse. So... Because actually, sure? when we yeah, because actually when we got that uh, that first review unit for the Pulse before I brought it out for Extra Life last year, uh, the USB crapped out of me, and we kept trying to find one. And she said, uh, "Do you have the old wireless the wireless stereo headset?" I'm like, "No, I don't have that anymore." I said, it "Went to somebody else." I think who had that? Joel? I think Joel has that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, because you probably could have used that USB. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> so You can't, though. I, she I didn't know for sure. She's like, I think it. you can use it. You can't. Okay. Because I have both. And I, I, I have tried by accident. I've had you know one of the USB things in there, and it wasn't hooking up. And I'm like, what the hell? And but did you actually try to do it. a sync with it? Hit the buttons yeah. and all that? Yeah, it wasn't working. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, then she was wrong. Yeah. That's well. She's not in PR anymore, anyway. So maybe, or maybe that was just me. I don't know, but I, yeah. it wasn't working for me. Uh, so, and the only way I was able to tell them apart is the Pulse has the uh, 3.5 millimeter jack in the side of it. Exactly. So yeah, know, yeah. Which is so which. Can, so you can use that for uh, for chat on some things. Yeah. 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 Them Pulse are nice. They're really nice, especially for the yep. price. All right. Uh, well, let's talk extra life really, really quick. Uh, we did get a couple more prizes. So uh, we got all this puppet- puppeteer stuff, which is pretty awesome. Um, 
I've been talking to EA, and we're going to try to get some Battlefield stuff as well, some Battlefield 4 stuff. So uh, i got to hit them up in a couple weeks, and we're going to try to get some cool Battlefield 4 stuff for prizes. Uh, I'm going to try – I've been trying to get those pictures up, and I just haven't had time because I want to – got to set up the backdrop and everything for it. So I want to get some pictures of the prizes up, and uh, yeah, so – uh, it was kind of cool because I made a last-ditch effort because we had a couple prizes left here uh, for people that never sent us their address. So I sent an email out to the people that we didn't have addresses for, and I actually got like four. I'm like, sweet! So I'm going to get those shipped out, and I got two more European things to ship out because I ran out, of, ran out of packaging. So I had to go get some more. So, uh, yeah, everything should be out this week, finally. I totally... I feel so bad about this, too. Um, we had that... Um, that Odd World, or no, that Stranger's Wrath poster. It's like oh, one yeah. of eight. I had it sitting in the room where I have all the other prizes, but I just didn't realize it was there because I had it kind of pulled out of the box, but it was the back of it. And I thought it was a poster that I bought. <clears throat> and I went over and kind of looked at it the other day. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, because uh, that's going to Canada. So I got to do a customs form for that one and everything. But. Yeah, so sorry about that. I thought that was actually shipped out a long time ago. That's my totally my fault. Uh, <laughs> I felt like an idiot. <laughs> like, oh man. So that's all boxed up, and I got I ran out of customs forms too. So I, and then the post office is out of the. If if the package is a certain size, if it's over a certain size, you got to do a different customs form. It's like a bigger form, and I they were actually out of them there. So I had to wait until the post office had some. So I got to go tomorrow morning and see if they got some more in. It was it was kind of a comedy of errors. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, but yeah, check out uh, extra life, extra dash life dot org uh, if you want to join the team. We got some more team members, which is pretty awesome. Uh, start telling all your friends. Tell everybody uh, we got some really cool stuff for the stream coming up. Uh, I think next week. I'm hoping I'm going to talk to the person in charge, and I think next week we'll be able to announce the game that we're going to be showing off the gameplay for. And, uh, you know, we got those other two tables for Zen that we're going to be showing off as well. And I hopefully will be getting that build soon. So he said it should be pretty soon. Uh, we're also probably going to be talking to Mel at New York City Comic Con next week, too, because he's going to be there. So we'll get Mel back on the show since he hasn't been on for a while because he's a big VP now, you know. Because uh, he got a he got, uh, promotion, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, Josh. Ooh, yeah, he's a VP. So, uh, yeah, so a lot of stuff going on for Extra Life. Uh, we're, there's going to be something on the website Wednesday morning. I wish I could tell you guys about it now, but it's not going to be revealed until Wednesday morning. But uh, there's a pretty major partnership going on, and we're going to be a part of it uh, with Extra Life and a company that everybody here knows and loves. So uh, that announcement's going to go up Wednesday morning. We'll let everybody know uh, how they can get involved with this. And we're actually doing kind of some special stuff in the back background uh, on PS, the PS Nation side uh, to help kind of uh, get this going. So I was hoping we'd be able to talk about tonight, but they kind of moved it off to Wednesday. So, uh, yeah. So there's going to be a big post. We have the details right now. I'm going to try to build that up and have it ready to go as soon as the, the announcement is official and all that stuff. So keep your eye on psnation.com for that. And it, there's some pretty cool stuff happening. So uh, thanks to everybody that's donated so far. Uh, really appreciate it. We need to hit that goal again this year. So be ready November 2nd, 25-hour marathon, streaming live. We're going to have two different streams running on the same page. Uh, we're going to have some really cool stuff going on. 
And uh, like I said, it's going to be awesome. I'm really happy that Battlefield 4 comes out like three days before we do that. So it's going to be a blast playing that this time because everybody's going to be earning stuff and unlocking new things. I think it's just going to be a blast to watch. So, yeah. And also, Lard Team Maker and I are going to be doing uh, another Versus in Zen Pinball 2. We're going to be, that's actually what I'm kicking things off with uh, that morning is he and I are going to do that. So he's already picked his three tables uh, I got to pick my three, so I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to put a poll up on our website for that in, a, in about a week or two to decide which table we're going to play versus. And uh, and don't forget that stream tomorrow or you know today when you're listening to this uh, for the Starfighter Assault table on our Twitch page, which is twitch.tv/psnation, or you can go to our website and there's actually a live streaming page there that you can go and the chat works and everything else, but. Uh, like I said, Bobby from Zen's going to be on the chat answering everybody's questions. And if it went like last week, this is going to be a blast. So <clears throat> thanks to everybody for joining us. All right. I think that's everything for Extra Life i got to talk about. We'll have a ton of details next week, I think. I think it's going to get crazy pretty soon here. <clears throat> so, all right. Well, if you want to get a hold of us, there are a ton of different ways to do that. Uh, you can email us at po- uh, podcast at psnation.com. Or you can uh, shoot us a voicemail. Uh, you can just do that to either WDT-Torgo on Skype, or you can call us at our regular voicemail number, which is 408-657-VITA. That's 408-657-8482. And I just realized I think we got a voicemail this week. Oh, well, we'll have to do it next week. Uh, don't forget our PS Nation Facebook group. Just type in PS and then a space nation in the search and uh, join up with all those people. That thing is just becoming a beast upon itself. Our Facebook group is nuts. Uh, also, don't forget the uh, Stitchers. If you like streaming your podcast, we are on Stitcher. You can go to Stitcher.com. Check that out. There's a bunch of different mobile to, uh, mobile apps for all the different platforms, and it's very easy to use. I've actually been using that lately for a couple of different things. Uh, Twitter, uh, follow Josh. L- listen to the poor guy. He's sick. He needs something to lift his spirits up a little bit. He's, yeah. he's been hacking up along all night. The poor guy uh, needs, he needs, he needs people. He needs people to talk to and needs, needs some friends on the internet. So, uh, follow him at PJF as in Frank, Josh, PJF, Josh, and our main Twitter account for PS nation as a whole is at PS nation. And it's cool because Josh just fixed uh, a widget on our website so now whenever there's a post it'll tweet automatically if we have a new post up on the website and our writers are kicking so much ass i didn't realize this josh but it used to be where like we would put the show up and then we would put the next show up and it'd be on the same page <laughs> sometimes yeah we have four pages deep from the last podcast that's awesome that's amazing i never thought i'd see the day so uh, we had a great conference call with our writers, uh, a lot of the new guys, and uh, we had that on Saturday, and it was an absolute blast, and we got some great ideas out of it, uh, which I'm trying to work on right now. Actually, I did a couple things, but uh, there's going to be an article I'm going to be putting together pretty soon. One of the, one of the guys suggested uh, like connectivity. If, if you're going to keep your PS3 and you want to be able to connect your PS4, how to do that if you don't have a lot of that newer equipment, like you don't have a, a receiver with... Uh, a bunch of different HDMI ports or anything else. So I'm going to try to put something together for that. And uh, some other great ideas came out of it as well. So, uh, yeah, man, I love our writers. <clears throat> I wish they would give us ideas all the time instead of waiting for these calls. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't forget Retroids.com and our podcast network over there. 
don't forget our website at psnation.com where, uh, man, we've got so much news up there lately. It's awesome. Uh, audiblepodcast.com slash psnation. Josh signed up for it last week. I did. So go over there. You sign up for the free trial. Get to choose out of over 100,000 different audiobooks. And guess what? I you got get World keep- War Z. Yep. It's awesome. So Josh got that, and uh, guess what? If he decided not to stick with it, which I think he is, but if he decided he didn't want to stick with it, like, ah, oh, I don't like the service, and he quit before the trial was up, he'd still get to keep World War Z, one of the best audiobooks ever produced. Ever. So, it is impressive. Yeah. So check that out, audiblepodcast.com slash psnation. And also... Uh, our PlayStation merch store, if you, PlayStation Nation merch store, if you want to check that out, zazzle.com slash psnation. All those links are in the show notes as well. But, uh, you know, obviously the most important is all of our affiliate links, including the Amazon link. If you're going to pre-buy a game, you're going to pre-buy a new controller, pre-buy a camera for that PS4, pre-buy some games. Like if you want Killzone and you want Knack and all that cool stuff. If you want an Xbox One game, like I don't know, Rise, I guess is coming, uh, Forza 5. We're not picky. Hit that link that we have uh, over at the affiliate links section on psnation.com. So you go to psnation.com, look on the left side, there's that affiliates links section. And we have all these Amazon links, GameStop, um, EA Origin, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, you click on those, it doesn't change anything about your experience. But Amazon or one of these other affiliates knows that you clicked on our link. And no matter what you buy, no matter what, even if you have gift cards on your account and you're using gift cards to pay for it, doesn't matter. Whatever you buy on Amazon or any of these other things, we get a cut of it, and that helps us pay for our server and uh, all of our expenses. So uh, we appreciate everybody that's been doing that. Seriously appreciate it. You wouldn't believe how much we appreciate it because uh, that's paying for my flight to NYCC next week. Uh, and, and that's also going to buy, which I'm ordering right when we're done. At the break time, I was sh- I was shopping. We're going to be buying Josh a new microphone, a new pair of headphones, yay, and a bracket for his microphone, so you don't have to hear that crack, 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 crack all night. Yay! <clears throat> so when I go out for MYCC, he'll already have all that stuff, and we'll take the time and we'll hook it all up. So then Josh will sound even better. Yay. You know what, Josh? You get one of these. Yeah, that's right. So seriously, we do appreciate it, and it's going for the better good of, of PS Nation as a whole. Uh, it's going for better audio on the podcast. It, it's it's going to good use, trust me. It's going to go for shipping for all the Extra Life prizes, so they won't take forever to freaking go. I'll have all the money right away, and we can get that stuff shipped out like within days afterwards. So uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's get the hell out of here. Oh, don't forget, it is written also. Uh, the guys that give us our, our theme music that we use every week, you can find them on uh, iTunes and on CD Baby with their latest album. And uh, we thank those guys for that. So let's get the hell out of here. Long-ass show. People are going to be happy about it, apparently. Uh, next week, regular show. The week after, report from MYCC with all of our all of our writers that are going to be there. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to find some people to talk to. And it, it's probably going to be a pretty epic show from there as well. So uh, until next week... Josh, you got anything more besides coughing? Eh, nothing. Oh, poor Josh. I need All right. to better. Yeah, you do. All right, well, uh, get to bed. We'll talk to you next week. Get out there, play some games. Have a great one, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I get my shit together, man. I'm fucking 36. I'm not married. You know what I mean? Just fucking... I'm at the age where everybody I know is getting married. You know? Let me ask you a question. Why the fuck do people keep getting married? You know what I mean? Isn't anybody looking at the stats? 
What's it like? Half the marriages are going right down the shitter, right? People, if you were going skydiving and they told you 50% of the parachutes weren't going to open, you'd be like, yo, fuck that. I'm not going. I don't like those odds. I got a 50% chance of splatting on the ground. I'm not doing it. But there's something about getting married. People just have to do it. They're just like, is this the line to lose half my shit? Awesome. This is going to be great. I can't wait to lose my car, my money. This is going to be amazing. Oh, look, the line is moving. One step closer to losing everything I've worked for.